Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, it's Molly McAleer, and you are listening to Season 4 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. We're starting this right now because Christina, I just mentioned my birthday, maybe like getting some takeout and having some friends over. (laughs) Maybe if I was feeling like crazy, I would get like someone to come over and do manicures or something. And Christina said like, oh, like a blowjob class. Like she went straight to the keeping up with the Kardashians. Like I was thinking, what was it? uh, Old school? Yeah, they always do that. They always bring in a blowjob expert because that's what women love to do when they hang out. I know, right? Learn <laughs> how to give a beach. And like, I think that there was definitely a time when people were like, definitely like peak sex in the city where people were like, how can I be naughty? And like also chilling with my girlfriends, Cosmos, or not to give a beach. Like, but <laughs> I told you not to ruin my birthday. I also was thinking like, why would you want to do, like see your friends do that? I know. You know what I mean? Like... Why would you want to be in the proximity to like even for someone like you? I would never. I would hate you know it. what I mean? You that would. Be I would like hate it. It would be my nightmare. You would like- be like laughing, but I would be like, this is like <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> I would really, honestly, like I would be turned away to the wall for most of it. Like everyone would owe me one. Like I'd be like, no, we all have. We're all going to like. Just we're all driving out birthday. to the Chili's and Redlands because we all had to fuck it. Yeah, if this is my birthday, if this, if this is any party, I'll, I'm like, y'all owe me one. Like, if I have to go to this beach class. But I wanted to get this going because this reminded me of this movie because this is the type of like trope. This is the type of this entire movie is made up of people that are not real, and then all this of the movie, movie is just. All the movies are people that aren't real to some extent. It's usually a fictional portrayal of a person if it's like, you know. But um, no, um, everyone in this movie is like it's a type like, of person. But it's like not right. It's no. It's like a little bit wrong in a way. All of them, and it's, it's a little like, bit it's wrong. Like, hmm, I don't know what you're going for, but you just missed the landing. Yeah, it was like it worked like on the page maybe, but then like the wardrobe or something, it like it it worked. It just didn't the director connect or something wasn't connecting. With N- the cast. None of it connected. He gave them all different notes. They weren't acting in the same movie. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of like things too that I do have questions like about whether or not you think it was the director or the actor's choice. Like, notably, one is at the pretty close to the beginning. But this is uh, called The Very Married Daughter of the Bride. It's such a clunky title of a name. I know. <laughs> Christina's coming in hot. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it I really- am ready to talk about this. I am angry. This oh, is good. Like, the first time I've, like, good. not enjoyed, like, an experience. Okay. Because um, we we've done the client list. We did... Um, Oh, um, obsessed. We did what's the one with Allison? Um, it was one that should have been called "She Swiped Wrong" or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> call back, you guys. What was it called? Oh my god, odd. The, the it was not. It's not called Odd Girl Out. That's like um, 
What was that? That's a it show was, with like, Hillary Duff or something. Um, anyway, we'll get Molly. will find it. Anyway, listen, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not looking into it right now. You guys can go find it. I, I was care. kind of like, spinning but this on is probably this is the most corny of a movie that we've done with you. This is probably the closest we've done to this in recent history. Is like I Me Wed with Jackie Johnson. This is mm-hmm. a rom com. Most importantly, though, Merry fucking Christmas, you guys. This is our Christmas movie. Um, Everyone, you know, loves these Christmas movies. Well, I can't say everyone. That's not fair to a lot of us who have common sense. I personally don't like these movies at all. So you love Hallmark Christmas movies. Here's the thing. I love the tradition of it. So Mm. usually I watch I spend I'm always home for Christmas with my mom. Yes. And she loves these movies. She genuinely loves these movies. And so we'll always have a day when I'm over there where we're just watching these movies and I'm making like sarcastic comments about it and she's laughing, but like still enjoying the movie. Right. And so it's like, but I'm like, I'm like, you know, even she can admit like that was bad. <laughs> like, right, right, and right, it's right. just like, an, it's just the tradition that I have. And so like that reminds me it's of this. It's so bad. So it's good. Right. I do genuinely enjoy, like I went into this with like seeking pleasure, like in terms of like, oh, this is going to be like, it's going to be like one of those dumb movies that my mom loves, but I like actually a little bit love it too. Cause it's so corny and cheesy. And it just reminds me. Do you think I was ready to love this movie? Was your mom? <clears throat> no. I know know, there are a lot of missing ingredients here. Sure. It's like, you know, when you see those hacks online, that's like, you can make a cake if you don't have eggs and everything else. If you use life hack videos, if you use like Sprite instead of like every that, this is what that tried to be flour and Sprite or like Sprite and eggs. And and somehow you get a fucking cake, a cake. (laughs) This is what happened. And it's like always something that's like, dude, if that's like, that's not even a hack. Like either you're going way (laughs) far out of your way or like literally no one would want that. Like no. if that's the extent you had to go to, man. I was watching someone glue Coke caps onto a <laughs> tube of toothpaste for some like way of squeezing it out easier. And I was like, bro, you put hot glue near the mouth part. <laughs> like the whole family is contaminated. No. Um, those hacks are not good. No, they're um, not. They're not helpful, man. You, uh, Christina <laughs> so and I. So this movie was like that hat. We're both feeling pretty warm right now with the Christmas cheer, if you know what I'm saying. So <sighs> that's probably why we're giving such a solid shout out to Life Hacks right now. So very merry father of the bride. We let you guys. <laughs> Daughter of the bride. <laughs> what the fuck? I wrote that in my notes and everything. Wow. <laughs> And I, I know you was, really I do wrote love my Father notes of the Bride, on my though. third time watching it. I wrote my notes the third time I watched this movie. Oh, I, you know what? Can we write, I'm just gonna can we write this? a very merry Father of the Bride? Because I think yeah, we would actually George be. George Banks. Well, we, we could like it. film it. The house is not far away. It's in Pasadena. We could go <laughs> film it in front of the house. I'm like changing into my own notes. Like it's not even in the same font anymore. But you know what? For my own sanity, I got to change it. Daughter of the bride. So now it says a very father daughter Mary of the bride. I'm going to work on this later. <laughs> that actually sounds closer to the title than what you initially had. Honestly, I don't know. Um, so this is the kind of word soup they do at the Lifetime Network to come up with their titles. 
Yeah. Um, so you guys, you nacho experts out there in the world, you voted on this movie. There was three options. I know one was the Dolly Parton Christmas movie, which as much as I love Dolly, I'm so fucking glad you guys didn't pick that. I didn't, I don't know how you came to this movie. There's a lot of Joanna Garcia stands out there. I actually might be one too. I don't know. I think she's pretty she's a solid good. actress. I can't tell. She's had an amazing career. She does solid work. She was in the Midnight Society on Are You Afraid of the Dark? She's been working since she was a child. Sammy, I sadly did you know, know her. I sadly know her because she's married to a Yankee, a former Yankee, but also Swisher is his Yes, last name? Nick Swisher. Yeah. And she does Joanna Garcia Swisher now. Yes. And I'm glad that she kept her maiden name. Yeah. You know, honoring her Cuban roots. Yeah. Uh, she also played Ariel on Once Upon a Time, like the Love. Little Mermaid. And she looks so good that as a redhead. Worked? Did they actually use like fairy people? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, story tale people? Yeah, there was like there was like Snow White. I don't know why I watched the why show, and I watched it for so long. How did they get away with that? Because it was Disney. Oh, it was owned, owned by, by Disney. Disney. That's because like, here's the thing about Disney. Sounds like here's me going on a Disney real expensive. rant. But. Did the reason why we have intellectual property laws is because and copyright laws is because when they're about to expire, Disney keeps going to court and renewing, getting them extended because they don't want Mickey Mouse to fall under public domain. Oh, yeah. But the majority of their animated slate comes from characters that are from public domain. Right. So I don't know. That's my like Disney thing. <laughs> it's like they're not letting these they characters go. They gotta protect go. that Mickey. <clears throat> they yeah, because it's like the center of all their money. Yeah. But anyway, you cool. ever watch those YouTube videos about the nasty things that happen at Disneyland, Disney World, all the stuff, all the deaths that happen? Yes, I actually really love going down those YouTube holes. Yeah, everyone does. Those do. It's like really a little well. spooky. Yeah. Anyway. We should go do a please advise. We should try and sneak into the tunnels at Disneyland. <laughs> Maybe. Are you into it? I don't know. If I was Banksy, I would do that. Um, okay. If. So I want to say thank you actually really quickly to, because this is our Christmas episode, we have three people that have been supporting our Patreon for this podcast, which is, you know, our Patreon's growing slowly for sure. And we're very appreciative of that. We do, if you enjoy Christmas stuff, have a Hallmark. It's a year round Hallmark. It's called the 12 Months of Christmas um, podcast. It's all about Hallmark Christmas movies. It's not hosted by me. It's hosted by these great guys, Dave and Joe. You should get to know them head on over. But I want to say thank you to Heather, Lauren, and Ed because they have been three of our longest and greatest supporters and um, they stood out to me and I wanted to say thank you to them. I think all three of them actually are the people who um, pledged high enough that they would get my show notes, which I've been working on diligently. What the fuck are you laughing about, you dumbass? Why are you just staring at me um, and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't have food or anything. It's just freaking me out. Because he loves you. Yeah, okay. They're loving eyes. They're glowing. I love it. Sorry I called you a fucking dumbass. <laughs> Guys, Thanks. Christina's my best friend. <laughs> okay, I can call if anyone can call Christina a fucking dumbass, it's me. I've put in the, the time. Okay, so Heather, Lauren, and Ed, thank you guys so much. I just wanted to we don't have a shout out le- level, but I just wanted to take the time to say that during the special holiday while also intermittently abusing my friend Christina. 
All right. So thank you. Not next. Let's. Okay. All right. So let's start off with this movie. You called this out yourself. It's panic inducing. The first like few scenes. It's all I like. It gave me an anxiety attack. I don't. It was. I was just like ready to like enjoy a little Christmas movie. And immediately I'm like stressed out on behalf of Jenna Garcia Swisher. Well, okay. So the 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 music here. The ultimately what I think my takeaway from this is that. The music is going to own your ass this whole movie. Yes. There's almost never not music playing. I it, like when I texted you, I was like, is this like scored by someone who wrote like Looney Tunes? Honestly, like, I cannot imagine what this movie would look like without music. I can't. And I, I this brings me back to like a couple weeks ago when we did the unauthorized 90210 story. And um we were like the whole cast was walking out of the first time they ever saw it and there wasn't music at and they looked like just they all looked like they were going to have to get new jobs, basically. They looked so bummed out. And Darren Spoon's like, relax. Like, once we add the music, it's going to be amazing. And the kids look so bummed out. And I think it's like when I watch something like this and think about the music not being there, it looks like it would be the most painful yep. clinical thing. Yep. I would be terrified to show this to anyone involved in the production and like anyone. They had to watch the dailies like that. Yeah. Uh, if I was, I would do everything I could to protect the studio from that. I'd be having an editor working overtime slapping music under the dailies to like <laughs> give a feel. Cause it's, it's, it's a bleak it's film. Cringe, it's cringe. It's cringeworthy. So um, we basically learn right away that we're fo- following a mother and daughter wedding planning duo. Um, they're on their way to a wedding for a woman named Tish. We learn really quickly that this is uh, her fifth wedding. Yeah. So I missed the introduction of like what their relation was to her. And so I was thinking for a long time that this was her sister. No. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's the like the, you'll see. They bring her in in a weird way that only happens in movies, and thank God it does because otherwise, that's a really good way to wind up dead. Yeah, um, the way they bring Tish in. Yeah, I actually want to just so this movie was made in two thousand eight or debuted in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. and so this woman's getting married for a fifth time, and I was so angry because like I was like back then the gays couldn't even get married. Yeah, and this woman's getting married five times. Like I, I immediately hated her. Yeah, yeah. I mean... What a waste of money. This whole movie being set in 2008 is a little bit infuriating for a variety of reasons. Also, because it's just such a non-committal place in time. Also, why are you having such a big wedding for your fifth time? I mean, Tish is a ridiculous person. Yeah, she is. And I ultimately think Tish is pretty harmless, so I'd like to ask you to back the fuck off. I can't. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. I'm going to come at this level the whole movie. <laughs> The whole movie. This woman is reckless. That's that's a personal choice. Um, No, I know. And like, by the way, I did. Even though I like hated, she's a useless person. I cried. I know. Well, no, Tish watches the shop and stuff like that. She gets stuff done. So um, Tish calls to say the napkins are snot green. Then we find out from the mom Rose that the cake is not fully done yet. Fuck. So they got to like pull off a couple things right now. So they got to get new napkins and they have to get a perfect cake. There's no time to spare. Um, there's a great moment for when Tisha's perfect fifth wedding. Roxanne drops off um, her mom outside of the bakery and there's like a Salvation Army. It's like an off-brand Salvation Army guy. Yeah. So she goes to drop a dollar in because she's a good person. Yeah. But like 
I don't think that this was done intentionally, but I think it was just like they caught a moment where she goes to put the dollar in and the dollar as she runs inside the bakery just goes flat, like fluttering down the street. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't. I missed that. Um, so yeah, uh, they pull it off and they almost crash the car into the, like basically another car in front of the venue. Yeah. Like so close. So close. So, uh- Again, this movie gave me so much anxiety. <laughs> I know. So um, we're going to get a little bit more of uh, exposition here about the events ahead. We're going to find out what's coming up for them. And then we're going to meet Tish. So we're going to play a longer clip. This movie is a mix. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to – I don't need to explain the clips process to you. But this movie is a mix of longer clips and then some really like short 50-second like 50 ones. So let's get into uh, 2.41, 2.7.19. I really need this wedding to be over. I wish I was going to the Paris Bridal Shows with you. It's okay. It's okay. We're breathing. And we're going to make a beautiful wedding. little work. Mm-hmm. Look. Tish. Gold napkins. They're so pretty. You guys are right about the other ones. They're awful. You know what? I want to show you the cake. You are going to love it. It's it's beautiful. So, you ready, Tish? Look in that mirror. What do you see? Part-time loser. Uh, you see a beautiful bride. And there is nothing more beautiful than a bride on a wedding day. Look at you, Tish. You're gorgeous. And you're ready. But all we need is the groom and the key. Oh. You guys. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Yeah. Hey, we were just uh, rearranging the closet and not tonight. We'll probably my zipper. zipper She helped me out. And then her phone started ringing. Wow, you look beautiful, honey. (laughs) You're fired. This is bad luck, isn't it, honey? This is the best wedding I never had. I'm really glad you decided to go through with it, even without your groom. I paid for it. Here's to the next one. The next one? Why not? I love weddings. Just need a new groom. 
<laughs> what do you think? Slim pickings, I'd mm. say. The only one worth a second look is the minister. It looks like Rox has got dibs on him. <laughs> the man has got some moves. That's so funny. Uh, we are planning my next wedding. Really? What took you so long? Maybe that is my problem. I like the weddings more than the being married part. <laughs> <laughs> so, y'all set for Paris? Oh, I wish I was going to Paris. I'm like, oh my gosh. I moved out of my place. I have nowhere to live. I gotta find a job. What am I gonna do? I have an idea. Why don't you come work with us? You can help Roxanne out while I'm gone. We need a new assistant, and it's uh, all of the weddings you could want without any of the messy marriage part. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, and uh, you could you could stay at my apartment while Mom's away. Great. Really? Really. And if you want, you could crash with me at Mom's house tonight. Really? Really. Really. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Roxanne, I'll see you in my dreams. <laughs> Imagine what he's like without his collar. Yes. What, not your type? Yeah, I don't think Roxanne has a type. What about you? Is he uh, your type? Mom and I don't have time to date, do we? <laughs> Listen, you did a wonderful okay, job today. Thank you. I couldn't have done it without you. Sure you could. Well, have fun. Bring me back something fabulous. I promise, baby girl. Um, okay, so I have a question for you. So you, part of the reason why you dislike Tish is because you feel that she's being irresponsible with marriage. She's being irresponsible with marriage. She's being irresponsible with money. She's being... She seems like she doesn't have a job. So how is she contributing to society at large? What is her purpose? See, I How- look at someone like that and I have a great deal of pity for them. But my my main question for you was going to be like, if she wasn't like actively getting marriage license, if she was just throwing elaborate parties that she was basically the star of, would you detest her so much? Or or is it is it the marriage or is it just the parties? Because that's what a wedding is, is it's a party. <laughs> that's That's not what it is to me. Well, that's not what a wedding ceremony is, but yeah. that's what that's what the that this. I think end I think even like marriage period, like the gay or not out of it, like marriage period to me is very like serious, right? And she's making a mockery of it to me. It's just like, and also yes, the like exorbitant money that she's spending on having a party for like the fifth time. Oh, I agree with you. I don't like weddings either, but I don't have hatred for this woman. I just feel bad for her. Yeah, no. Like I, when I see a woman at that age who, like, when she said, "Like, well, I have to get a job." Well, like, I, I thought to myself, "Well, oh, this is bad writing because where, where did this woman live before this? What was That's her exactly job before this? Yeah. Obviously, she existed. I don't like, you know, I or don't, she was like a kept woman, or she was for money, and you or know, she was for money. But you know what? That doesn't necessarily make someone a bad person. Like. Mm. You know, it's 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 unlikable. It can be unlikable, but it definitely like. You I know. think there's something like obliviousness to things is like a. Bad I just don't think she's three dimensional enough to hate. Like this I don't is like a very two dimensional character. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like like with any of these characters, I don't like a lot of them because they're so flat. There's no reason to like any of these characters. I just feel you're really railing on Tish, and I don't understand why. I don't understand why you're not. Because I just don't think she's real. 
I, don't I know she's, she's not real. No, but, but I'm she's not real like, enough. Like if she mm-hmm. had like a real, if she had like a real like Haiti, like there was like a streak of like hatred to her. If she was nasty. If there was something like, you know, she's just a little pathetic and clueless. And like, there's always going to be those people in the world. Like, you know? Yeah. It's know. not likable, but also it's not, it's not the most offensive you could see. Know what I mean? Just gets under my skin. Her brand just, just really gets you under my like skin. You don't like her brand. Okay. I, she doesn't wear on you over time at all. Nope. Wow. Wow. So, um, the way that they had the actress Roxy, uh, the actress playing Roxy Joanna, she had to sit on that step so oddly. Did you see how she had like her leg crunched under her? She had to sit on a oh, step that's with not her something leg. I, like, that's not something I noticed. Because she had to sit straight up. Oh my God, it looked so uncomfortable. I yeah. honestly was like physically dying for her with each take. It was just like, why did they have to have the conversation there in the first place? Because it was a pretty shot for the three of them to be on the big yellow staircase. Yeah. Um, you know that like director got a boner for like that staircase when they saw it. The dress like, this is, is the shot. We're gonna make it show. work. Tish's dress is a nightmare. It's also just like it seems like something like a twenty-one-year-old would get married in. Yeah, that was I like had a dreams of like a princess wedding, not like someone getting yeah whatever. I can't. It's I can't not get like over a the retro. Time. It's not retro eighties. It's bad eighties. It's a really like it was very odd, like contrasting, matching. Um, I, I don't know. I was having a hard time with it. So anyway, um, oh, I wrote the mom reminds me of one of those upper class woodsy families, um, that you meet later. Okay. Have you ever seen the Dateline where this couple, they're very like wealthy and they buy a cabin out in the woods and they get murdered by their neighbor? No. And they're like kind of an upper class couple that met later in life and they moved out it's kind of like a suburban, you know, oddly enough, I think the Seattle area, which is where mm. our family will go later. Yes. Um, but she reminded me a lot of like very like hippie kind of ethereal, like you're broke, like you're living in the woods, you're living in rustic, but you also have like $300 caftans in your closet, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Do you get that vibe? Okay. So I also wrote that the way that they invite Tish into their lives is exactly how people get murdered. The yeah. way that they're just like, you should come work for her. All we know about you is that like, you know, you're unstable in relationships and you have really bad judgment. You're, you should you come love work weddings. for us. And, and in fact, you know what? You should come live with me. That's fine. <laughs> It's so weird. It was also just like, I was like, oh, did she have to go through five weddings to realize that she should be in the wedding industry? And that, that was the only part she actually liked about it was like the wedding part. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's sad. I feel like that's like, that's a, that's a not bright person. I can't hate on that. I, if I have, I have more than she does. Well, then she, I hope she's spending some of that wedding money on therapy. I do too. Um, <laughs> Maybe they have a nice therapy plan over there. So we know mom's going to Paris. Um, we see a sparkle effect in between the scenes. They do. They really rely heavily yeah, on bringing the Christmas merry, uh, the Christmas merry making magic through sort of like transitions, you know, music stuff like that. Yeah, they missed the mark on that. They went real heavy in post. It, it, they went real heavy in post where they should have. There's something lacking in this movie mm-hmm. to make it a true Christmas movie to me. Yeah, and we'll get into that later. But like. Again, that's the sprite coming through where there should have been eggs. I agree with you. I see you. I see you. So we see Roxy and Tish dancing up a storm in the living room. And the guy comes and <laughs> knocks on the door. It's like clearly. He's like hovering. Yeah. Like in a creepy way. 
It's it's creepy the way he comes up. You never want to see a guy, a guy approach like that, but you can tell from the music that we're not supposed to be afraid. It's like if he were a teenage boy, yeah, it'd be like, oh yeah, he's just being like awkward, but he's a grown man. Yeah, and he's tall, and he also might be wearing a wig. <laughs> very least, very I poor am, I suspect he's wearing a wig or pieces. Um, <laughs> it's bad, but we see the Tish and. What's her face? Roxy are dancing around. Roxy is in, I guess, maybe like chartreuse, like silk boxer pants yeah. and like a tank top. Like they're having like the, a girls' night. It's like a real girls' night, and, and they're just like dancing and, and singing I think into combs. She's wearing like a sweatshirt on top of that, so it's yeah. really like nothing to be embarrassed about. Like no. I get the mail and shit like that every day. Here's the thing: I don't. She wasn't embarrassed that like of what she was. She was embarrassed that they, of what she was wearing, or like they maybe bring the, up that it's quote unquote underwear a couple times. But that was the first time he he saw her in six years. Yeah. So it's just kind of like. But oh, under no person? circumstances is that underwear. No, no. For what? For whom is that underwear? What are you wearing over it if that's underwear? No, so, I don't know. If you're having, you know, um, I don't know. Sometimes you get into a boxer moment. You think this young woman went from her wedding into. Oh, this woman? Yeah, you think that this saying. woman's wearing a silk boxer short under anything she's wearing? <laughs> Maybe not her, but there are women who. Sure, might but them. I'm yeah. talking about our star, uh, Joanna Garcia. Oh, Joanna Garcia Swisher. Yeah, she's not wearing a boxer. No, she's not. So apparently, this guy's name is Dylan. I could imagine. Um, and she basically <laughs> passes out when she sees him outside of the window, and she comes up and like looks outside of like. She kind of like looks up over a chair once he walks away and she, it's just like quirky, like quirky. She was embarrassed. She got caught dancing in her underwear. Yeah. Now, I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine being embarrassed, like truly embarrassed, especially like you used to be engaged this motherfucker. I know you haven't seen him in a long time, but like you guys have had sex like many, many, (laughs) many times. They grew up together. Right. (laughs) Like Like you dancing in your boxer shorts. Sure. Is it ideal? Does anyone want to be caught like that? No. No. But like it's not anything to ruin your life. Like the way she acted was like if you're 12 and your crush sees your bra strap. Yeah. Um. Oh my god! Oh, triggered. Yeah, I know. So we're at cameo <laughs> cufflinks the next day. A bride comes in. And she's like saying, "She goes, I'm looking for a dress and anything but white." And the woman next to her, like, she kind of goes, and she like flaps her arms, like as if like I realized after the fact that this like little and the arm flap was supposed to let me know that this woman was fucking impossible. Yeah, but for me, even back in 2008. I didn't think of looking for a wedding dress in a color that's not white was that big of a crazy request. A lot of people and a lot of bridal shops service people who want dresses and colors that are not white. Yeah. But like that was supposed like, to be the, the, cause like we'll see later on, they get into a little bit of a tiff, but we're supposed to surmise from that entire exchange that this woman is impossible and therefore there's tension. Looming. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so this movie's bizarre. I've always wanted a black wedding dress. I think really? they're really chic. Yeah, I think they're really, really chic. They have a lot of meaning, you know? So, um, uh, oh yeah. So I wrote, I'm trying to think of a band that's like emo and I couldn't come up with, with one. It, I just think, what's the band that sings the Black Parade? Thank you. My Chemical Romance. It's, 
What about them? That's is that the vibe you're going for at your wedding with the black dress? No, I'm going for like Vera Wang. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Like a Spanish, like a Spanish black wedding dress. It's a traditional Spanish wedding dress. Is black. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So Tish, right when they walk away, Tish pops up from under the counter. Like I know it's a bit. But it's like it's like from a, it's an SNL bit. It's like it's like like Monica Lewinsky crawling out from underneath Bill Clinton's right, desk. Right. Like the way, I'm like, what the fuck are you like? Oh, really, Tish and Roxy? Mm-hmm. Like, is this what is this? What adult man that is in the room is watching this and is like, Haha, you know, because you know that's who <laughs> that has to be who that's for. Yeah. Or they just couldn't figure out another some entrance. husband that's like watching it with. Like, yeah, a little subliminal for him to go off like, into the other like, room and jerk off. It's like off. those those couples that do everything together. Yeah, and she's like, "Babe, I watched three hours of football. You have to watch this Lifetime movie with me." Nice, real nice. <laughs> you know, thanks Lifetime for pandering to that shit. So, um, she's like, basically, Roxy, go help these people. And Roxy's like, me help them? She can't. I'm like, Roxy, <laughs> what do you think you're here for? Like, did you fill out a W two? <laughs> like, what did you think was gonna happen when you started working I at the have shop? To work? Yeah, like, uh, you want me to communicate with them? I don't know what she was doing up until then. So, um, Roxy's like popping a candy out of the advent calendar, like it's naughty, and she winds up talking to her mom, Paris. She gets her on the phone. She's t- trying to decide between two browns uh choc- two different Which types of chocolate like, brown what wedding or what kind of a brown? So she's ordering a fabric in a large lot so that they have fabric samples for bridesmaid dresses I because see. apparently this business which i'm still figuring out they're like an, <laughs> i didn't understand any they of the business are an shit in this all movie. service type business okay and there it's whether like how the business layout works is unclear to me because <laughs> we spend most of the time in a boutique but from time to time we'll see them walking down the great hall of what looks like it could only be like the back area of a department store but like it's it's tiled white and bright and it's all full of bridal dresses but i don't understand what size this store is supposed to be because when you're in the front here <laughs> it's so disturbing i couldn't figure it, it looks out like a little i was boutique so disoriented nook. the whole time and then there's another area where they have a desk where she works at it looks like a department store it looks like a it looks like a department store or like someone's canadian living room like yeah. it literally looks like a toronto living room that was built in ni- exactly 1998 it's very specific you know what i mean yeah so she's trying to decide between two uh, chocolate browns. And Tish chim- um, chimes in. She goes, hey, you know what guys always say? You can't go wrong with girls covered in chocolate. <laughs> Who Which, like, that? no guys ever this said that. This is what I'm saying, Tish. It's called a yeast infection. Poor Church has spent most of her life dealing with yeast infections. Because that's what... <laughs> I'm going to make you feel for Trish by the end She's, of this. No. Tish. Her name is Tish. You said Trish. I know. I'm correcting myself <laughs> angrily. I'm not happy about this. Um, so she's talking to her mom. And she's like, Mom, I miss you. I miss you. This, like, these two women, I don't They're know how to They have codependency issues. To put it lightly. Like, yeah, to put it's it a problem. fucking lightly. Like, it's definitely a problem. But they have a very strange relationship. And it's it's very odd to watch a woman. That's what I think it is. Is that this girl, I don't, I'm not really sure, like, how old Roxanne's supposed to be. But she's a fucking woman. Yeah. And, like, to be craving her mom like this is odd. Like, yeah. I, like, even if she was, like, 25 at best, which I don't think she is. I think she's, like, probably in her late 20s. Like... 
this is an unhealthy relationship. And I think it really boils down to like, they have never properly dealt with the death of their dad slash husband. And the schism from the trauma created this deeply codependent relationship. Which makes what happens like coming up that much more fucked up. Yep. Because like what's about to happen is something that happens in a lot of families it's not entirely unusual for, you know, someone older who's been widowed or, you know, sometimes mom or dad shows up with a new BF or GF and you just got to deal. Yeah. My mom kind of sprung a marriage on me as well. I had, you know, two weeks, I think, between them getting engaged to them wow. getting married. It was So this hit home for you at all or? No, not really. Because like... Yeah. I'm not like this. Like, I was in college. Right, right, right. I, right when I was right, right. growing up, I never wanted my mom to get married. I was always like, Mom, I just want it to be you and me forever. I never want you to get married. I just want it to be us. And, you know, of course, like, by the time you get to college, like, you're out of the house for a couple of years. My mom had dated. She'd been engaged before. Like, it wasn't, like, springing something crazy on me. Right. But this is, like, a pretty cruel like neck breaking adjustment that she kind of asked, you know, it's like, yeah, like that is a lot. When mama was ready to move on, she was ready to move on. Yeah, I guess so. But it's, I think it's cruel. And I also think that this girl, this poor girl, you know, she's another one. I feel, I feel more frustrated with Roxy than I do with Tish. Like Tish, I think it's pretty clear something like really like happened to her. Cause she also doesn't have something happened to Roxy. Yeah, she her dad died. So what? She loved her dad. Okay, she had a really close relationship with her dad. But Tish has no one. She has no. Have you seen a family, a relative around Tish? You think she's like a rich or she like she's like Richie Rich? No, I don't. She's like a rich orphan. No, it was Richie Rich even. But why does she not have any rich orphan? Why is she better friends with the with the wedding planner? She doesn't have any family come to her aid. In the light I think of- it's pretty clear by the fact that it's her fifth marriage that she has trouble sustaining relationships. So who's paying for this wedding? She's a self-made woman who no one speaks to. She can. She has an inheritance, apparently. I don't know. I or maybe she's getting married it. to sugar daddies. I think you're being mean about it. Um. Okay. So you don't want to admit I'm right. I don't think there is a right or a wrong here. I don't think anyone wins actually. So um. <laughs> We'll see by the end of this podcast. As Roxy's going on and on on the phone to her mom about how she misses her and how Tish is doing great and they've got it all on lock, we see that there's a fight breaking out between the two women that came in. And this is like a little, (laughs) this is them keeping it light for comedy. Yeah. But a very odd, poorly choreographed fight breaks (laughs) out between the two of them. Like a lot of it's like Tish physically holding them back by their foreheads, yes. like cartoons. <laughs> yes. Like I've never seen that unless it's like a cartoon or like an adult man holding apart two children or something. Or it's like I don't know, like a Happy Days, like a like some sort of sitcom. This person yeah. might have grown up watching that. There's like, okay, I know it's how we're gonna handle this conflict. Stooges. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't want to hire stunt people or worry about fight coordination. Guys, just like hold each other apart. 
Right. It's like just a lot of like circling around each other. Yeah. Um, so very sharks and jets. They wind up, the two of them walk off in a huff. They, they walk out. And right as Roxy turns around, Tish is standing there. She's also holding all of the dresses. So like Tish, she knows how to hit her comedy. Okay. Cause just like as soon as the two women fighting next to her I was walk not away, Tish has like 25 dresses in her hands, just like doing the Tory spelling at the prom she's dress. She's proving moment. herself somewhat yes. useful. So we now do a montage of them trying to run a shop. I didn't understand the first beat in the montage. I didn't either. The montage all takes place in like the dressing room pedestal area where um, like I guess that I don't know. It's where the bride stands and they measure shit or whatever. Right. The fitting thing. Is that mm-hmm. what it is? You stand yeah. on a circle. Yeah. Why do they do she- that? It's like a stage. Um, and my tailor, they make you stand on something. But in a bride showroom, it's always like a little stage. I think it's to like, you know, add to the fantasy. So fucking dumb. I know. The whole wedding industry is weird. I know. It's so gross. It's all girls who want to fuck their dads. Oh, like Tish? Yeah. Her dad probably died. She really doesn't have familial love. At least if her dad's dead, she won't turn out to be one of those people who meets them later in life and then sleeps with him. Because Tish would do that. She would. And you know what, Christina? That's like, you look at that as a reason to hate. I look at that as a reason to show love. And I think that's really sad. I do. I think it's sad that you have to pick on this deranged woman. I think it's sad that you're, like you're pulling up, at every single like possible up a child. thread that could be to yield some sort of compassion for a woman who honestly, you know, in your heart of hearts does not deserve it. She's fine. I like Trish. Tish. <laughs> you don't even know her name. I like her. Look, her parents fucking, they gave her a stupid name and they got into a boat accident and died and left her a ton of money and a big hole in her heart. So, um, then the next person, so the first person we see in the montage is like just standing in the circle. I don't know what the bit was supposed to be. Was that she didn't have legs? I guess. What was it? They just like kept growing up and they never, I'm like, is it that the dress is long or that she doesn't have legs? Like, what's the bit? (laughs) And also, if this woman is, God forbid, an amputee that's standing there and like a prosthesis, like, are we making fun of her? Like, that feels fucked up. So, but then again, very 2008. In 2008, that would have been edgy. Like, let's make fun of the, I don't know. It would have been like, fun of the woman who got her legs taken off. Okay. And they like didn't have to worry about Twitter reacting to it. Yeah, it gets to be a comedy moment and a montage instead. Yeah. Because, um, like, th- there's the big thing, too, is that, like, Lifetime and Twitter didn't have a big crossover for a very long time. I wonder, what was the movie that really, like, broke that? Oh, I, I don't even know if it's, like, I'm even referring to specifically Lifetime and Twitter. I'm referring to, like, not everyone on Twitter in 2008, when it was only two years old, was talking about just everything yeah, like yeah, yeah now people are talking about everything back then it was still a little bit more like molded i do wonder like what was the big like twitter the lifetime big movie. breakthrough moment for twitter and lifetime or twitter and lifetime was probably like maybe flowers in the attic or like one of those big movie premieres i mean i think deadly adoption for sure yeah but that was like also deadly adoption was almost like the re- a response to how many people genuinely liked lifetime so maybe it would have lived in twitter i would be curious people in the comments want to tell us yeah guys shout out real lifetime historians out there get to me yeah on twitter at mmiswp okay so then the next bride tries on her dress she turns around she's pregnant she looks in the mirror and she like bursts into tears and 
Again, like, I don't really find this funny. Like, I no. don't know if she was surprised to be that pregnant, if she yeah. was surprised to be pregnant, if she was sad that she was finally trying on her wedding dress and had to do so, you know, in a shotgun fashion. I was not really sure what that was all about, but it made me sad. It was it weird. Didn't, didn't make me laugh. It was weird. It was the weird. next one was a bride throwing out dress after dress out of the curtains. Yes. And then she storms out in all black. She also looked about 50 years old, which I liked that they skewed older with the casting. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting choice. Yeah. All I women wonder... can be brides. And they were also lubing us up for the idea of an older bride. Right. Or maybe that was Tish in the future. I don't know if it went that far. I don't know if it was that deep. What timeline are we on? Anyway, <laughs> so um, we find out that there's a big chain coming in down the street. They're kind of like the Fox books in this scenario, basically, yes, right? right? The shop around the corner slash you've got mail. Yeah, so Roxy misses her mom, um, but she says thanks to Tish as she leaves the store. You like my deep rom-com knowledge? Well, I was the one who said Fox Books. I know, but I named the original and the remake. Well, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> um, so Roxy misses her mom, uh, but she says, Tish, like, I just you know, want validation. No, I know. I, 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 it's good. And I had therapy today, so I'm just really. And it will happen more naturally throughout the show. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I thank you for, um, <sighs> For dunking that is for the you know that I guess I gave you an assist on that. That I don't was know. an alley oop. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, with malls with the assists. Thank you for being the the pip into my Jordan. Sure. Sure. Um. So Roxy misses her mom again. She says thanks to Tish for helping her out at the store. She goes, "Can you clean up for me? I got to get back do some stuff." Um. Before, before I, before my mom comes home later tonight. Yeah. So Tish is carrying a dress down this hallway that I wrote. This is where you can tell. This is cannot. What is this building layout? Because she's like in a Costco <sighs> in this scene. Yeah. And she's carrying a mannequin down the hallway. And I don't. Under, I think it's we're supposed to understand that maybe there's some sort of underground tunnel system full of dresses or like they're also lit with with nice lighting. So there's some sort of daylight option happening outside. It was all very weird. It was just like it didn't. <sighs> I don't know if the director has, like, been in a bridal shop before. Right. Or the set designer. Somebody well, is Well, it just almost like, feels like they rented a hospital for a day and then couldn't get, like, they, like, needed to get some scenes done. But it's not a hospital. Like, there's no set that they rented for this. There's no reason why they had to shoot it like this. No. It's, it was some It was like they were using locations that they didn't they're like okay we like the desk situation in this building but the entrance to this building really makes more sense for what i want to go for so when we're shooting scenes it's just, we're just gonna me. like not make any sense as it moves through the the shop so she meets us hunk if someone wants to draw i can't say that word drawer yeah draw. uh I'll lay up <laughs> draw 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 drawer drawer just say it. Drawer. If someone wants to draw you what? <laughs> if someone wants to draw a flop. <laughs> if someone wants to draw a floor plan for this shop. Oh my I God. I'd be interested luck. in what you guys would I come would up with. I would love to see that. It's, I could never. So, um, we see handsome Luke Perry, Charles. He's coming down the hallway. We're going to meet him and he's an, an, a huge part of this movie. I hate him too. Yeah. Well, I hate him. Yeah. 
I hate him. Too. Yeah, because he's the villain of the movie. Tish shouldn't do he's anything. He's just kind of like a pointless person, though. Also, like, no, he's the whole villain. I know, but like, it. He was kind of pointless. Okay. How so? Okay, so the conflict, the larger conflict, the conflict at large is that she was having a hard time accepting. I'm jumping ahead. She wants to break up the marriage between her and Jack. Yeah, that would have happened regardless of whether or not Luke Perry was there. No, because he's just like a kerosene. He bought the bridal shop down the street to fuck with them. Right. But I thought he, he bought it. They were constructing that before this happened, before they got together. I think that they were just the buzz around town was that CJ, BJ Bridal or whatever was going to come. <laughs> CJB. CBGB Bridal. CJB Bridal yeah. was going to come to like, it was like, it's coming to town, but they didn't know that it was like going to be on their corner. Right. But what I'm saying is that happened before the t- the two parents got together, right? Yeah, but I think he, like, doubled down. Because, no, that's why he met the woman in the warehouse is because he wanted to, like, finalize it before the wedding. Right. But they were already... But his like, dad that was probably would have in- stopped it if it hadn't been finalized before the wedding. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. That's why he needed to get it finalized so quickly and why he met that woman in the warehouse. Well, we'll get to that, yeah. But the whole point is, is that he's a fucking meddling-ass motherfucker. So even if his plot did have holes in it... His appearance certainly did not smooth or make anything easier. No. Ultimately, his plot is foiled, as most villains are in movies. Yeah. But he's not pointless. He just didn't pull it off. Uh, I mean, I, I just found him ineffective. As like, a, it, he didn't set tension Okay, for well, me. do you think the wet bandits in Home Alone were ineffective? They set tension. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you! I felt tension from him. No. Oh, I felt immediately threatened by his ex- existence. Oh, okay, that's interesting. But also because he looks pervy and gross. I, I yeah, feel that, like I that, just couldn't, but oh, it was that guy like, would have a knife. <laughs> that's where you're going with yeah, that? Yeah, that guy would have a knife. Like he just carries like a knife? Yeah, because we're going to find out things about this character later, but like he shamelessly cheats. Like he's like yeah. a shameless philanderer. Like, you know, and in Lifetime World, like I I do laugh about this and make a note about it later, but like their way of being like, not only is this guy bad, he's the worst of the worst. He cheats on his wife. Like that's <laughs> Lifetime being like, this is a bad dude. Like heads up, bad dude cheats on his wife. <laughs> that's dark. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, it's but it's also, you know, that's good. That's a nice, simple world to live in. I don't know. I feel like he would very easily get mugged, and I can't take him seriously. He does. He just looks like smarmy. I yeah. Is that a word? Yeah, smarmy. He just looks like he just looks like a little like ew. Like wouldn't want to meet you outside of a flea market. Yeah, but I kind of want to be like your family's new money. So who like you know what I mean? Like he doesn't come. He doesn't. I don't think he's new money. I don't think he's like that old money though. Okay. Well, whatever. This is all just fucking semantics. This, these are all like losers. <laughs> all of these people are losers, Christina. It's bottom line. It's I like, think I can agree. We're with not that. gonna like. There, that was the problem. There was nobody inherently likable in this movie. No, because this movie's a fucking stupid lifetime Christmas movie. No, but these there are movies people- take on a new form of stupidity and wor- like lightness and like just worthlessness. Yeah. yeah, I know. In this form. Yeah, but there's at least like usually likable people. Like usually it's like. City girl comes to a small town. I and thought it's Rose like, was likable. Which one was Rose? The mom. Yes. Actually, I take that back. I ended up really feeling for her towards the end there. Yeah, she's a great lady. Yeah, and the actress really did a good job. 
Yeah, she's um. Yeah, I have to IMDb her because she's someone. I'll yeah, look her no, up. She's been in. A, I looked it up. She's been in a bunch of stuff. And so was the guy who played Jack. He's like yeah. a mainstay. Like yeah. this guy has an IMDb that's like fucking lit he's, up. But you know what? He's probably like so dedicated to the craft. He's you really know, he's good. Just like I'm, I'm happy to be working. He probably showed up early onto set, ready to go. Just like learned his lines, fucking nailed it. Yeah, like this guy was solid. So Tish runs into Luke Perry and she's like, hey, you're getting married. And he goes something like that. And she goes, oh, so that's not a no. Um, so then we go. Um, I or I wrote here. I wrote portraying Tish like this is not cute. It's really deranged. And it feels like it was sellable concept in 2008 when this was made. The idea of a, a woman being like this was tired, but it wasn't offensive as many people would find it now. So, I mean, this was already kind of like a washed up sort of Samantha Jones light, to say the least. This is a very Hallmark version, lifetime version of a Samantha Jones. Tish. Yeah. And that she's more love struck. Um, but anyway, so she comes home to, I guess, Roxy's apartment, which they always say in this movie, it's like, oh, Roxy's apartment is only big enough for one person. And maybe it's because I've been sharing my house with someone. It's huge. Like, but I think Roxy's apartment being small for one person is like one of the most hateable things in this movie. Yeah. Um, so she comes into Roxy's apartment and she's like, well, 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 I'm at the man of my dreams. If anyone can get me over the last guy, it's this one. And, um, she goes, ah, Tish, sounds like a leaky dream boat. Sounds like, <laughs> like a, a leaky, leaky dream, dream boat. boat. That is my nightmare. How is she already like, I'm getting married again? Because she never stopped. She started doing that bit. It's her bit, Christina. They, this is her, their version of comedy. So Tish says he got her, um, got her number. So maybe if he's not getting married, she can take a nap on his lips. And then um, I'm going to play out this scene um, in just the next couple because they're all gold mines of just like the worst dialogue and just such. I hate the way that she says the name Dylan, by the way. Dylan. Also, like, don't if you have Luke Perry in your movie, don't have a character named Dylan in it. There's that. And also Jack and Rose. Yeah. And I could take a nap on his lips. I do not know how you do it, Titch, but personally, I need the real thing. Like what? Like your mom and dad. Yeah. Like that. Or like Dylan. How's it going with him anyway? It's not. I was there. You looked very presentable in your undies. Trust me, Tish, it's complicated. Ugh. We grew up together. He lived next door. We were engaged briefly, and then one day he left without an explanation. I never heard from him again. Oh. I thought that stuff only happened to me. You're sure it's okay if I stay in your apartment a little longer? They said my new place would be ready by the end of the week. Are you kidding me? It's perfect. Mom comes home tonight. It'll give us a chance to spend some time together, just the two of us. You've been dealing very well with your mother being gone. (sighs) You say that like I'm a little kid. I am perfectly fine on my own. Sure you are. Okie dokie. I'm leaving. Make yourself at home, Tish. See you at work tomorrow. Can I help you with us? Dylan! How have you been? Fine. 
dad finally sold the house. Yeah, I saw yeah. the sign. So I'm over there just getting mm. stuff, boxes, because <laughs> the new neighbors are moving in January. Yeah. How is your dad? Really good. 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 Yeah, yeah. long over that whole nightmare with mom. Got remarried <laughs> to a really nice woman who's crazy about him. They live in Florida. Good. Yeah. Good. You have to tell him I said hello. I will. Good. What about you? Or your mom? Mm. Did she... Remarry? No, remarry. No, no, oh. she didn't. Okay. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't ever think that she'll ever really be able to move on. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Oh. Did you <laughs> move on? Yes, Dylan. What do you think? Okay. I spent the last six years trying to figure out one minute we're planning the rest of our lives together, and no, then just... next you drop with the face oh, yeah. of the earth. <laughs> I meant after your dad died. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, um, <laughs> sorry. No, it's okay. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, that was a bad time yeah. for you, me, mm-hmm. for us. You know, you, Dylan, this is kind of a personal conversation to be having with someone I haven't seen in six years. I know. I mean, I don't even know where you've been. I, I don't or even know. Or you've whatever. <laughs> I was uh, traveling, taking uh, pictures all over the world yeah, on assignment oh. for different magazines. What about you? Uh, oh, Mom and I, we uh, started our own wedding consulting business. Well, I'm only in town for a little while, but mm-hmm. I'd love to show you some pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you want to have dinner. Uh, well, tonight, Mom is uh, coming home from Paris. Right. We're just the two of us, you know, that okay. kind of that kind of thing. Of course. Cool. Yeah, maybe some other time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks. See ya. You... By the way, you looked really hot line dancing in your underwear. Underwear. Yeah. Okay, so let's go through this. So Dylan is... Last week you said you felt a way about his haircut. I told you I would tell you who I think it is. It's Liam Gallagher from Oasis. Oh, okay. You know, that haircut. I think there's pieces in Uh, it. It's long. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Christina, that was... Rough. <laughs> um, um, he uh, he's rough. He's Nailed got this it. like this like duck sweater on. He's got like a, on a ball chain, like you know those like little ball chain necklaces. Is that what you call that? I, I don't know. Those little like necklaces. Oh, whatever. He's got a coin on one around his neck. He it's like, like he like went to a Buddhist temple once. He needs to get his life together. Is like my takeaway from him. This like so I, when I texted you about this movie, I was like, he looks like somebody would have gentrified my neighborhood ten years ago. Yeah, one hundred percent on point. But so this movie is from two thousand eight, which I would say at this time, like this was like kind of like pee kipster runoff. Yep, like yep, this yep. was a little bit Death like ahead of cutie. its time for this movie. Yeah, for them to have like a hipster character already to have like a groomed sort of like Mumford and Sons hipster yeah. type character yeah. because movies He's not wearing a vest. Do you see that Wags is Wags completely just scratched for bones in my fur jacket and just has sat himself on it? Like he thinks it's a he thinks he was it's, like, let me take off your coat a little bit so I can sit on it. Yeah, he thinks it's a jacket. And that's or exactly he thinks what it's he did. a blanket. Um, so anyway, he like uh, I don't know, man. I feel really uncomfortable. I think he's a dick. The way that he was like. Well, I was taking photographs. What have you been doing? Like, he kind of turned... He got an edge on him that I was like, you seem like you'd be a 
dick in a fight. That's that guy who was just like, oh, you know, I toured the world and I went to Barcelona and it was really, really beautiful. And I just like saw some things that really changed my perspective. But also you know? he's kind of saying it like you're a piece of shit. Like it's like yeah, I did like, this. What have you been doing? That's what I'm saying. It's someone who like has gone to Europe and thinks they're like so worldly. Yeah. I just don't like that he's being mean to her after showing up on her doorstep. Now she has her own issues because she says like, I don't know what you, who you've been doing. I'm like, I, I know that she was engaged to this guy and we'll yeah. find out more about that. Or I guess we did find out about that. But like, bro, I don't care if you were engaged to this guy or not. Like you see him for the first time in six years and you're like, who have you been fucking? Like yeah. that's like a really dark real attitude. Hot. She came in real hot. She's still, listen. She still has not this woman. She she needs therapy. She's not. She I has know. abandonment issues. Obviously, yeah. She still hasn't done dealt with the loss of her father. She obviously still feels a way about this guy abandoning her. Yeah. She like really. It's sad that she couldn't work that out in six years. It's not a good look. I know. And also, I will say too that like I feel like you know when you're using a faucet in like an old house, like your old house in Brooklyn, like, you yeah. know, when you have to like kind of like get the hot one going and get the cold one going and get the water right. Yeah. Sometimes you like fucking burn your hand. That's it's like, it's like even the littlest like tick is like scalding hot water. Yeah. And I think that that's what the dialogue, like the dialogue lends to that sort of acting where it's like sometimes she's saying things that feel really cruel and then she's saying something that feels like kind of quirky and silly. And then like, it just seems like line by line her mood changes in such a dramatic way. But it could be the director was like, well, try it this way and then we'll just try it a couple ways and see which way it works best. And yeah. so she was like giving different performances that were, I don't know. I'm take. I don't want to assume someone's acting choices. No, it's weird because she's <laughs> defensive in some scenes and then kind of like playful and bashful in others. And then she's just a little bit downright mean and hurt in other scenes and it leaves you just kind of being like, dude, you're fucking, you've got to, like, you're, you've got to work on some stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know? This is what happens when you don't go to therapy is you end up. And it's not ideal, man. Like, <laughs> I don't want this for this girl. Like, you think I get off on this? No, there's no pleasure in this for me. Please. I hate this. I hate this more than you can imagine. And so, so like, that's what makes it kind of sad that you're, like, I shouldn't feel sad for, like, the girls in these. I know. You're hopeful. I know. The real, the real, like, you know, sort of hero of this movie, it, they emerge over time. The real heroes always do. And it's never our main girl. Nope. So, and um, that's the fatal flaw of this film. We've got a lot of stuff playing out up, uh, front right here. We've got an advent calendar telling us it's the 13th of the month. I'm going to play out this whole scene because this is where we meet. The new stepdad, we find m- mom, she's got a whole journey coming back from vacay. Let's play 1625 to 2120. This has got to be, I mean, I would not thrive in this situation. Cast a spell on me. Hello? Saying, honey, I'm home. I missed you so much. Hold on, I'm in the kitchen. I'll be right there. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Did you bring home the new gowns? Uh huh. Oh, did you bring me home something fabulous for Christmas? I did. Roxanne, this is Jack. He's my fiance, and I think he's pretty fabulous. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> mm. 
That was delicious, Roxy. Mm-hmm. Um, not exactly enough to go around. I, I wasn't expecting company. Well, I'm hardly company. I'm practically your dad. <laughs> Here, have some of mine. I haven't been hungry since we mm-hmm. met. <laughs> nice full cab, too, Roxy. Jack's a wine connoisseur. Mm-hmm. He was in France on a wine-tasting tour. Oh. So, um, what else do you do, Jack, besides wine? <laughs> well, I'm a businessman. Different kinds of businesses, you know. Real estate development, retail, import, export. I've mostly turned it over. I've decided to, you know, sit back and enjoy the finer things in life. Like me. Like you, Rosie. (laughs) (laughs) Are you guys done? Oh, yeah, uh, thanks, Roxy. You know, Jack, could you uh, maybe not call me that? um, Oh, sure. Roxanna's my name, after all. Sure. Roxy is the name her dad used to call her. Let's give her a little bit of time to get used to all this. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's okay. do it. Hit the button on the camera. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> I couldn't resist the opportunity to nibble those naughty knees. <laughs> Excuse me, ladies. <laughs> all right. <laughs> ah, so this is Paris. Mm-hmm. And Nagel Tower, yeah. which is uh, where you picked me up. Mm-hmm. I know, we took a bike ride on the Champs Elysees. <laughs> took your mother in every carousel I could find. Oh, yes. You uh, <laughs> certainly know how to make a girl's head spin. <laughs> That's funny, Rosie. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, that is just after I asked Rosie to stay with me for keeps. I said yes. I love you. You're getting tired, Rosie. I think we better take you to bed. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I actually, I thought that we would decorate the tree and um, go see the well, lights I'm like pooped, we always do. Yeah. I'm really pooped, in fact. Yeah. We should do that tomorrow. Yeah, we should all do it together. Yeah. You're sleeping over? Well, of course he is, honey. Uh, so, Jack, it's uh, just up the stairs, third bedroom on the right. Okay, honey. Where's my Rosie? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, baby girl. Listen, I know this is quick. Quick is a drive-through car wash, Mom. This is, this is impulsive. This is, this is not like you at all. It's nuts. Listen. I know he's not perfect. I have a good idea of some of his flaws. Like? Like, uh, he's a terrible dancer, and he snores. You've slept with him? Of course I have, more than once. Okay, ooh, okay, too much information. You asked. Snap out of it, okay? He is not your type. He is everything that we hate. Oh, what's my type? Dad? Dad was your type. He's he, he's classy and funny and he's a gentleman. I mean, Dad, Dad was high end. He was. Jack seemed a little more like, I don't know, bargain basement. You know what? You're right. He does seem like a bargain. Kind of refreshing, huh? I mean, Mom, what's he going to do for Christmas? We're still going to have Christmas together, the three of us. Doesn't Jack have a family of his own? Yeah. He's got... uh, I'm, uh, I'm turning in now, Rosie. Okay, I- I'm coming with you, honey. 
कितने वक्त से Did you see that? There's nothing in that bowl. <laughs> the last thing in this scene is that she dips her finger in a mixing bowl and then licks it and then Oh, I thought you meant the bowl that went just... defeated. No, the the mixing bowl on the counter. She just takes a lick of like she just whips up some mashed potatoes or invisible fucking icing and puts it on her finger and takes a lick. There's nothing on her finger. There's nothing in the bowl, nothing on her finger, nothing in her mouth. Joanna Garcia was trying to make it work as well as she could. Honestly, I wondered like how that happened. I wondered like who, if she did that and the director was like, I like that. <laughs> Just like, we'll cheat it. And then they didn't, they forgot to cheat it. Um, <laughs> how would you have cheated that? Like put some CGI. You would like have her like turning into the bowl and you'd have like her, like, you'd have her turning with her finger. Yeah, in her yeah, mouth. yeah. So, like you would. You know what happened off camera? Oh, I thought you meant like fix it in post. No. Um. So I do want to say that like basically he's nobbling on her na- naughty knees, nobbling on her naughty knees, nibbling on her naughty knees. Oh, it's hard to I, say. Like, I, 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 it disgusted me. And this whole why. thing seemed like a serious boundaries issue and a violation to Woo. me. Like I definitely. I don't, I don't like it. I didn't like it when my nope. mom and stepdad would flirt in front of me. I, I just feel like it's disrespectful. I don't feel like children really need to know about their parents' sex lives, especially Mm-mm. if they're not their parents. Nope. I don't know why, but like, it's a little bit different with like, you know, bad example, like, you know, Cliff and, um, Claire Huxtable. Like, it's, if, it's, if it's them, that's great. If it's Cliff and his new wife, Stacy, I don't know if I feel comfortable around that. Like, I don't, I can't with like the new, this is some new person. You can't bring in a new person and then have them dry hump in front of Theo and expect Theo not to have a, a feeling about Was it. Was it like when they switched Aunt Viv? Yeah. 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 That's what that's like. Yeah. Um, no, it's just like you don't want to watch your parent fuck some other person. Like if it's your parent, then if you're, it's your two no, parents it. together, fine. But like if your mom started dating some new guy and he was like feeling her up in front of you. I don't know. I've thought about this a lot. I was like, I, I would feel a way about it. Yeah. Like, it's gross. You, it's, and it's also you not. It's also a, like a respect issue. Yeah. It's like you don't respect your kid enough not to like feel her up in front of I don't know. It's I don't just know. like, maybe we're uptight. I don't know. No, it's I don't think like, it is. It I don't like- think it is. I think that people are weird. I think that if people don't realize that that's an awkward transition and that someone's not used to sexualizing their parent, then they have something well, wrong with them. Especially when it's so clearly obvious she still hasn't gotten over the death of her father. She still feels a way about right. her father's death. And also that she's uncomfortable with him being there, period. Mm-hmm. Like, death of her father aside, like, let's just say she was regular ass uncomfortable. To be fair, also, though, like... I'm not mom- pushing that aside, but, like, I'm just saying, let's say that had healed and she was just a regular person and was uncomfortable. I just want to clarify something. So, like, he... At no point during this trip when she talked to her mother, did the mother mention him at all? It sounds like no. That, to me, is a transgression on the mom's part. Right. And who knows what their so communication he, was, but up. it sounds like a trans I, I agree with you. Yeah. So she just shows up with this guy who's her fiance, you know, and this is my mom's like the closest person I've been. And she didn't tell me this. 
Well, this was like very. This was a big thing in movies in the eighties when like the daughter would come home and be like, "Mom, I'm I'm married." Like I met this. Like they did that in Father of the Bride, of course. But then also like that was a big thing they did on the Cosby Show as well with Denise. She came home and she got married. Like coming home and being like, "I got married," or like I thought it would be a surprise. Like. That was a very, like, no one actually in real life, you do it as a cover. You do it because you want to get, you don't want to, you want to put someone in a situation where they can't say no. But you don't prep someone for something like this. You always, no one actually thinks this is a fun surprise. Yeah. So, um, when it's weird is, so all of this is happening in front of her, all this foreplay. And then her mom goes, well, you know, he does have some faults. You know, he snores. And she goes, you slept with him? And I was like, what do you think your mom meant when she said, don't worry, we're not going to make too much noise? As that they was headed- bizarre. That was bizarre that she like, come on. Are you referring to the physical act of laying prone in bed next to another person? Because like, if that is the violation, then you really are working with a five-year-old's knowledge but of like, love and romance. Why was she like, I don't know, that reaction, like you slept with him? It's like, when would you ever say that? In relation to a parent, I don't know. I guess like if if my if like I can imagine it would come with up. her like sister's husband. It's just so childish. Yeah, is what it is. Is it's just it's like, so remember juvenile. When you, you found out that like like when you were a teenager and you're like you found out your friend hooked up with someone that was like disappointing or I guess do I you know, know what it's more like to me? What is it's like when you found out like Santa Claus, you know, wasn't R E A L. And that was a, but then like you had to find out the tooth fairy was also not R-E-A-L. Okay. He's not catching on. So it's good. But you know what I'm saying? Is that like they hit you in separate waves? Yeah. So I think like in a weird way, she had to re-acknowledge in her brain that her mom's fucking this guy. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mom fucks? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Right. It was like a three-tier process. So in the morning, that guy? mom is in the kitchen in a robe and she seems what I wrote, quote unquote, refreshed, if you know what I mean. She is like, like literally like doing yoga at the counter. And Roxy walks in. She's all business. She's got her dress on. She's got her tights and her she's boots. She's ready for the day. What part of the country do you think this is supposed to be I don't in? know, but they wore a lot of those high boots. I did get like Pacific Northwest vibes, which is why I was so like shook when they acted like Seattle was this like very far away place. Yeah, right? But I, it does seem like NorCal or like Pacific Northwest, like somewhere up there. Mm. Um, so mom's, uh, like you know, Sonoma sitting there and then Richard comes in and he starts, you know, nibbling on her fingertips and everything else. And he's going, I, you, <laughs> <They're> <laughs> you look much- like I could spread you on toast. Yeah, That's ugh. what he says. So um, he's wearing her dead father's robe. I would be robe. bothered by this much PDA from any couple, regardless of age. Sure. Sure. I just want to put that out there. Um, but did you hear me say he's wearing her dead father's robe? Yes. Yeah. I thought that was a rude violation. That's a huge violation. Um, and then the mom says, Roxanne is an affectionate in the morning. And then <laughs> Jack says, well, she sure doesn't get that from her mother. Gross. Yeah. So her mom's like, I'm not coming in today. You know, we want to stay home and fuck. <laughs> yeah, um, they're going to like go Christmas shopping, but it's very clear. She just wants to like stay at home and fuck her new man. 
Um, it's insane. She cannot get enough. And they're like, by the way, we should tell you, you know, we're thinking about getting married like sooner rather than later. Um, way before the three, cause like, she's like, we have three weddings in January. Can't skip out on work. They're like, we're getting married soon. Right. That they're about to tell her, like, they're about to break some news to her. Dylan is at the front door and they're all thrilled to see Dylan, except Roxy is very much not. And he's like, gotta say hi to your mom when she's in town. She's like, come over for dinner tonight. So they're all doing the whole, you know, no one's consulting Roxy about these major life events that yeah. are happening all around her. So Tish is naming all of her husbands. It's like kind of a little monologue that she has. She's going through each one of them and what they had. Um, and she goes, number four told me he could see forever in my They're eyes. They're just numbers to her. Yeah. And Ugh. then he goes, number five, his last name was Dish. And of course, I wanted to be known as Tish Dish. This is... Tish says she's uh, mostly hopeful in life. She tries to keep that her attitude up. That is a trash up. person move. Yeah. Yeah. Rosie um, Rosie comes through the door holding a bunch of dresses. I feel so justified. I'm just saying, yeah, to like keep keep going. Because like we can, we will stay in the first 15 minutes of this movie talking about Tish till we're all dead. <laughs> um, Rosie comes in holding a stack of dresses. And Tish is like, how's Paris? Is there any dresses in there for me? Um, Roxy t- goes to talk to her mom like alone and she's like about to like brief her on all the upcoming weddings and her mom looks at what she's done and she's like I think you're all good like I think you're ready and she's like really you don't have anything she's like no I mean like in the whole business I think you're ready to basically do the business I'm 61 years old now and I don't want to waste another moment of my life without Jack yeah I'm gonna go get lunch with Jack and she like gets <laughs> and up by and lunch goes, she means fuck Jack yeah, yeah. Um, so at home that night, Dylan is drink, uh, drinking cocoa while Rosie tells Jack all about how Dylan and Roxy were so close growing up that she got them walkie-talkie so that they'd finally get off the phone at night. Um, Dark Boy and Rainbow Girl, those are their radio names that they had. <laughs> Dark Boy. Dark Boy. I thought it was Dirt Boy, which I thought was way cooler. <laughs> um, Roxy, I know. Again, dirt, Dark Boy, very emo. Mm-hmm. Roxy doesn't want to engage with the whole, like, walkie-talkie thing. She thinks this is a very boring flirtation on his part. And, like, it is a little fuck... It's very fuckboy. Like, the whole thing is very fuckboy. It's a little bit, like, of its time, where it feels very, like, Nick and Nora to me in some ways. Yeah. The whole walkie-talkie of it all. Yeah. But um, something... I don't know. I mean, when I say something's missing for me, I mean, besides the obvious, which is like all the other good parts of a movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Roxy's mom's they brushing her teeth. They also don't have chemistry. Mm-hmm. They don't have any chemistry. Yeah, I don't. I She had more chemistry with Luke Perry, which is very interesting. Yep. They mm-hmm. really, yeah. I was unclear on that journey. Yeah. How she thought that was going to shake out for her right? in the long run. Yeah. Right away, I was <laughs> well, like, how do you see this going? playing yeah. out? Yeah. So, um, Roxy's mom is brushing her teeth when Roxy walks in. She asks her about Dylan. She's like, you know, what about you two? She's like, don't push it, mom. Um, and she's like, I want to talk to you about Jack. You know, I'm in love. We're getting married really soon. And then Jack comes in. She's like, I just wanted to tell her that we're getting married this weekend. Um, and Jack sees that, you know, Roxy's getting upset. He's a smart man. He lets himself out. He's going to go brush his teeth in the other bathroom. Finally. Which I was like, Finally, he reads the room. I was like, oh, good call, Jack. Yeah. I wanted to go to the other bathroom during this scene. (laughs) So, um, she tells Roxy that she's going to move to Seattle with Jack. And she does it this way. She goes, before the new year, before we go to Seattle. And then Roxy goes, Seattle? And she goes, well, that's where Jack lives. So, of course, we're going to move there. Like, that is, I wrote, an absurd way 
to tell her this and to act like as if this would be obvious information to her. Right? Well, like, of course, so, we're going to move to where Jack lives. Yeah. Like, is that that obvious? And, and also, then, like, I don't know about Jack's house. Just me, not right. you. Just me is moving. Which You're is healthy. Here. I mean, this is her 30-year-old daughter. Like, I mean, it is good that she is laying down a boundary. She's just coming in really hot with it. <laughs> Strong. Um, so Roxy tells her mom that change is not a you good thing. You know what thing. it probably was? What? Over the vacation, she probably like started opening up to Jack and realizing that she was really frustrated with the failure to launch of her 30-year-old daughter. Yeah. And he, over time, really simply convinced her that she just has to push her into the pool. Yeah, and she also probably admitted that she was a part of it and that she had been holding on to her selfishly. Yep. Like, you know, to kind of like nurse herself through the stage of missing her husband, who apparently was a kind of shitty guy. Yeah. That's um, what he's like. You've been mourning someone who wasn't even good to you. You have yeah. to let it go. Fuck. And your daughter can only move on if you have to give her the push that she needs. Deep talks in Paris. Ooh. That sounds nice. A nice yeah. cheese plate and some wine talking to your new lover yeah. about your dysfunctional Over daughter. Over a nice Bordeaux. Yeah. Of course. So um, Maybe a Beaujolais. Dylan's standing in his bedroom looking directly into Roxy's room. It's disturbing. I wrote this literally is for perverts and they're not even trying to hide it. Yeah. Um, again, this is another signaling, I think, to some sort of pervert out there mm -hmm. and also like yo if you have a teenage daughter put some fucking curtains on her bedroom window <laughs> what are you doing has this been like this since they were teenagers no wonder they got engaged they were like jerk off since they were and 11 was like i gotta check out some other boobs this is a lot so let's play 29 25 to 31 22 roxanne's fully passed out when he starts talking by the way i'd be pissed Agent Dark Boy to Rainbow Girl. Come in, Rainbow Girl. Come in, Rainbow Girl. Um, Roxanne? You there? Oh, that was... Hold on. Can we pause real quick? Sorry. There was one part where she's like, I found the walkie-talkies and Jack fixed them. And Jack goes, I just put new batteries in them. Wait, what was that? It's like when she entered the mom like oh. finds the walkie-talkie. She's like, "Oh my god, I found the walkie-talkies!" And then Jack fixed them. And he's, just, I just put new batteries in them. It's something that. like a mom, like he fixed it. Yeah, it's like that's how low tech she is. He fixed. He's like, I just put some fresh D batteries in. It. It's fine. That's nice. I like that. I didn't yeah. catch that, babe. Think good call. I love fresh batteries. Love a fresh batteries yep. moment. Just wanted to see if this still works. Yeah, it still works. What? What do you want, Dylan? Uh, you okay? Yep. I mean, about your mom and Jack. I'm fine. What? Roxanne? Rox? I said I was fine, Dylan. Okay. Good. It was nice hanging out at your house with you and your mom. Just like the old days. No, it wasn't, Dylan. 
Everything's different. Not everything rocks. Okay, uh, well... Dark boy, over and out. Yep. Over and out. You know, he's like dark boy. Like, he's like a hipster. He's dark. He's thinking about a lot. And she's like a rainbow girl. Like, she's a wedding planner. Her head's in the clouds. She's too close to her mom. Rainbow girl. Dark boy. What does her being in the rainbow clouds have to do with her being close to her mom? Because she's a fucking sappy bitch. <laughs> she's a fucking delusional bitch. Rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> she's allowed to be close to her mom no but they're not like this <laughs> this is a real rainbow girl attitude this is someone who so you're saying her mom still writes from saying, santa on her christmas gift you're saying yeah you're, you're a dark boy no i'm not saying i'm dark boy i feel like i'm a dark boy with a rainbow if girl, i have I to if i have to pick one i guess i'm more of a dark boy but no i'm, I'm kind of a rainbow girl <laughs> i don't know I don't want to be either one. I choose not to identify. <laughs> I'm pretty neutral when it comes to that. So, um, yeah, again, he woke her up to do this bit. That pissed me off. Yeah, so mad. Roxy tells Tish that she feels dumped by her mom. Um, they pass a lot. Which, what? She feels dumped by her mom? Yeah. I know that's that's really that's I know interesting set of words there. It's it's the, a strange the choice of words. It's mm -hmm. like you think you dating your mom, girl. Okay, you got to readjust, realign. Would that, that would be a Medea complex. Medea complex, like Tyler Perry. <laughs> no, you know how they have like an Oedipal complex as if it, like, Oedipus. Yeah. What is the like? What's the opposite of that? I don't know. I don't know. An Oedipus complex up. is about wanting to fuck your mom. Right. I guess she has an Oedipus complex. Okay. Um, so they pass this lot where they're building a new something, right? We don't know yet. This is the new CJB bridal. Tish says that Charles came by the store again. He might be the one. Tish says she keeps falling in love quickly. Um, and it's not only possible, but it's wonderful. So if it can happen for her, it can happen for Roxy's mom, too. Roxy's obsessed with the notion that Jack is cheap and low class. And she tells Tish that he calls her mom Rosie, which she thinks is really low rent. I think that's, like, really harsh, don't you? Yes, it's very, very harsh. And then Tish goes, is he ugly? <laughs> Classic I'm like, Tish. you guys are terrible. They're, everyone, everyone in this movie is a little bit of a terrible person. Like, I mean, like, ugly is like just a word you, a word, ugly is a word you use for people you hate because ugly is like the personification of ugly is using the word ugly. It's an ugly word. It's ugly is ugly. My niece just learned not to say it. Well, that's good. Yeah. What is she? So do they have to teach her to teach her not to say it? So <laughs> my brother's never going to hear this. It's fine. Uh, my brother had gotten a new haircut 
<laughs> and he, he left the she's three i know this is gone <laughs> she's three my niece and so he leaves the room and she says to her mom daddy's haircut is ugly and so she where did she learn it i have no idea so my my Kids sister are so brutal my sister-in-law said you can't say the word ugly that's gonna hurt his feelings is and your brother listening to all this <laughs> no he, oh. so then so then she he walks back into the room and she looks at him and she says daddy i love your new haircut and my sister-in-law said that she said it in such a genuine way that it like frightened her yeah yeah so so she taught we're her working kid to be on, fake as hell, basically. I, we're working on making In her a person. teaching her a new word. She just learned how to be a fake-ass little bitch. We're trying to teach her empathy. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so I just love that she knew enough to wait till he left the room to say it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mommy... That's ugly. I know. Do you think that it really was ugly or do you think she's just not used to it? I think she's just not used to it. Yeah. She loves him so much. You know what I mean? So she's ugly. Like, well, no, sometimes you can love someone they get an ugly haircut. I used to think I my uncle's but she's hair three. was... Like, she just no point of reference. I do remember thinking my uncle's hair was ugly whenever they came home with a cut. Because it was so stylized, you know? And it was always just like, guys' haircuts are like, they're buzzes. Yeah. They're clean. When a haircut is too clean, when you're a kid, it doesn't make any sense. It feels wrong. You have no appreciation for it it should like your your relatives should look like worn shoes and exactly. they come in looking like new boots and you're like excuse me exactly exactly you're 100 percent right so um oh well i'm so glad for her to see my haircut then jesus i know <laughs> well your hair will be grown up by then so tish asks if he's uh wrong for her mom or if he's wrong for her and roxy's like look he has no idea she doesn't know who she, okay. She has no idea who he is. Okay. She has to figure out who he is. He may have dead wives. He may have like taxes that are built up. Like basically she does the standard fucking bitch panic thing where she's like, he's probably a murderer. She goes to like the worst case scenarios. Like he must have debts. He must be a murderer. Like as if like maybe he's just like bad socially. Like that could be just as bad as if he killed his ex-wife. I have a question. For like you. if he has gambling debts. What? Yes. I know you're against like a Google of a date. Would you be against her Googling this guy that's marrying her mom? No, but I also don't know if like you're going to get what you want out of Google. Because there comes a point like, where... Like if he's in a headline, sure. Well, here's my thing. At some point, like, you know, we find out that he's the owner of this company that's a rival bridal right. shop. Like, had she done a Google, that would have easily come up. Right. And if somebody was telling me this story, like, oh, and then it turned out that he owned this rival gift shop that, like, is the biggest competitor to what I do. <sighs> I I'd be like, you're a fucking idiot. How did you not find that okay, out? Okay, so, like, I agree with you. Like, there are instances in which business comes up, but I will say Google or not Google as an ethical sort of moral situation aside – I will say that oftentimes the worst and scariest things that are about a person yeah. are things you cannot Google. No, no, I know. Like the true nature of someone's personality. Like you can't Google that. You can't Google to find out if he really like 
fucking pushed his neighbor off the porch when he was a kid or right. if, like he just broke but like you're you don't want to be caught with like rocks. obvious red flags it's, it's like you don't want to miss the obvious red flags is what i'm saying right. so like if it was someone come sure christina in, for the sake of it i'll google no yeah. but i'm saying like for this particular situation it's like someone comes in as with a whirlwind romance you know what i mean it's like you don't really know i would say that in any situation like this this is considered outside of the norm and yeah. any and all typical rules are broken as this is a as this is a rule breaking situation in every capacity yeah i would just assume that this person was like a scam artist or something you know what i mean like a dirty sure. or something like that sure and that's what i think she's getting at yeah she's like tish you don't know what's up with this man you have no idea so she's like you know what i'm gonna stall this wedding by getting them to agree to a perfect wedding planned by me so um, it should be noted that they both look insane in this scene. I feel Absolutely. Roxy's wearing a waxy, just like their wardrobe. Um, Roxy's no, wearing this waxy faux leather jacket. And that was Tish, like very of the time. Yeah. Yeah. But like, not really. It was more, that's more like a 2004 jacket. That's true. Okay. You know, okay. that's like very like low yeah. hand, like era. Is she wearing the last thing Dylan saw her in? Maybe. Um, and then, uh, Tish is wearing this. I do like pink and red together, but it's like a strange material. It's like a red knit Mm -hmm. and then like a pink sort of like organza moment, which is just, uh, not the combo I expected. So Jack and Rose are at home. He picked a flower for her. Um, she's like, you know, you're not supposed to pick. And he goes, I picked you, didn't I, Rosie? Uh, Um, and like, you know, it's uncomfortable, but it is starting to sit with me as a viewer that these, it is nice that these two people have this. Yeah. When you get to a certain, when you get to the twilight of your life, it gets, it grows on me. Yeah. Right? It grows on me. My bitch ass cried the third time I watched this. Aww. Yeah. I was like, I got to get this out of my system before these two bitches show up here. And I have to like, I don't want to explain that I was crying. Yeah. So, Cause I was hoping my goal would be that I didn't, I don't cry through this one. So we'll see if I, if I lose it, we'll see. So, um, she's like, you know what? I've been trying to find this right present for you guys. I think I finally have it. Roxy tells him that her present to them is that she's going to plan a perfect wedding. She just needs 10 days to do it. And they were like, well, we were going to go to like the courthouse this weekend or something. And she's like, no, 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 no. Let me do it. Mom, you always love Christmas weddings. I feel like this is a lot. I feel is like. Is that a thing? Christmas weddings? Yeah. Like, is it a big thing? I just never understand why someone would want to do that. I misunderstood I and understand. thought for some reason they were saying that this was going to be on New Year's Eve, but it is it is on Christmas. Why do people do that? Yeah, I don't understand why people – like, why would you ever want to do that? Like, people who propose on Christmas, people who get married on Christmas. For like, some families, major holidays. it comes together. Like, for some fa- – it's not conventional, but for some families, it comes together really nicely. Like, you know, I've heard of a lot of New Year's Eve weddings. I know a couple that got married on New Year's Eve. And um, I think it's like you're going to ruin the holiday. You, you have a chance of really ruining the holiday and being reminded every year. I think that – for most of the holiday weddings I've seen, it was like the families came together and it was like a big celebration of like family and friends. And it was sort of like a, you know, there was lots of kids invited and stuff like that. And it was a, a one year thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a new annual takeover of Christmas. And I, you know me, I don't like weddings. I don't like the idea of being a person who has a wedding. I don't like the idea of putting people out. I do love going to weddings. Um, I think that I I wouldn't mind going to a Christmas wedding if it was like a really special thing and I didn't have something else going on. Like, why wouldn't I? Sounds like a great way to spend a holiday, actually. (laughs) You get a meal provided for you. 
you know, assuming it's close by, you get to be around friends and family, get to maybe meet new people. I don't know. I'm not mad at it. Um, but there is something romantic about Christmas too, which is odd. As Dan Savage always says, there's nothing sexy about Christmas. And I kind of agree with that, but it's romantic. Does that make sense? No, but that's fine. I've never felt that about Christmas. Well, that's why Hallmark does all these bullshit movies. It's because like you might find the one you love just in time for Christmas. <laughs> but this is definitely not. I think I can honestly say that Hallmark does it better. So, um, you know, she's <clears throat> asking about this 10 Sorry, day extension on the wedding and he goes, Rosie, I waited for you my whole life. What's another week and a half? Aww. I mean, you gotta love these people, right? Yeah. I, I mean, like, that's the thing, too. They're both finally finding, like, the loves of their lives. It's hard to deny them of it. Yeah. I feel like a dick. Yeah. Every time I, I shit on their love, it. I feel like a dick. I don't want to see it. It's fine. Love it. I don't want to see it. Right. I, if, if I read about these people in newspaper, I'd be thrilled. Yes. I'd so, be like, oh, wow. um, maybe someday I'll tango. Oh, yeah? Well, I mean, like, you know, you can always find love at any age. Sure. I agree. I yeah. agree. So she says the first thing she needs to do is get to know the groom better. So she's doing, Roxy does this little like faux interrogation that lasts exactly 30 seconds. Um, she's interrogating him on a tape recorder that she's clearly had since childhood. It has like heart stickers on it the same way that her walkie talkie <sighs> does. It's fucking deranged. Um, I wrote it's unhinged. Like, why couldn't she go to CVS and just get a new tape recorder for $14 to, like, n- look a little because less Because she hasn't let go of her past. Right. So she says to him, you smoke? And therapy. that includes the wacky tobacco. <laughs> this is her idea of a big joke. And he goes, I smoke cigars sometimes. She's like, okay, smoker. So she basically is like, you know, she's trying to find anything she can. God, and she, like, would be one of those people that, like, is so annoying that you're, like, smoking a J or something. Right. And we do find like, out uh, that... Uh, you know, and they do, like, those oh, people yeah. you're not even near. It's illegal. It's illegal. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to be around illegal drugs. Um, <laughs> That's exactly who she was. Sorry, I'm not going to do it. I, I'm, so, I'm not going to be here. I'll go home. I don't care. I'm calling my mom. So he says he was married um, and then separated for a while. And then and then his wife died while they were separated. And this, of course, hits her hits on her radar. Um, and then right as she starts to get into a whole spiel with this man about whether or not whether or not he wants kids with her 61 year old mother, um, the doorbell rings. So let's go to 3831 to 4135. This is where we meet Dylan. No, this is where we meet Luke Perry, who played Dylan on I-210 and plays Charlie in this movie. Let's go. Hi, can I help you? I sure hope so. Is Jack Breen here? Charlie! Hey, Pop, how's it going? How'd you know I was here? Pop! Huh. Well, I guess that makes him a part of the whole picture. (laughs) Charlie, welcome. Come on in. Oh, Mom! I've got a surprise for you. In the kitchen! Mom, this is Charlie. Charlie Breen. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Rose. (laughs) He's Jack's son from his first marriage. Yeah, kind of like you, my daughter from my first marriage. I'm really glad to meet you, Charlie. I'm so glad you could make it. Oh, uh, you invited him? Yeah, I wanted to surprise Jack. Oh, mission accomplished, Rosie. (laughs) How did you find him? I have my ways. 
And now I have to find out a few things about you, Rose. You're uh, quite the woman of mystery. <laughs> I'll ask Roxanne to borrow her handy quiz. <laughs> Let's face it, Dad handed me the reins for a reason. Tea, Jack? Oh, yes, please, Rose. I mean, business was booming. He just couldn't keep up with the 21st century. <laughs> Since I took over, we doubled our revenue. Lemon? Oh, no. Sugar, sugar. Roxanne. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? Tea? No, thanks. Me? I was raring to go. Oh, yes, raring for me to go. Hmm, come on, Dad. I mean, we had a little bump in the road, but with you gone, it's going to be smooth sailing. Charlie, I'm not dead yet. I'm still the chairman. Charlie, can you pass me the milk, please? Mm. Thank you. And Jack, can I bite your pie? Mm. Everything that's mine is yours, Rosie, down to the last piece of my pie. Mm. He doesn't need that. (laughs) So, what do you girls do? Mm. Well, after Roxanne's father died... We started our own business. We hmm. built it from the ground up. We just started from scratch, just like Jack did with all his businesses. Only smaller, right, Jack? Right, Rosie. Actually, you know what? I changed my mind. What? I think I would like a cup of tea. Oh. With lemon. Now, what was I saying? About how you built your company up from scratch, what? just like me. Um, us. Yeah, like us. Well, yeah, I, you know, in order mm. to ensure the future, I mean, we really had to work hard, didn't mm-hmm. we, dear? I mean... 24-7 on our little business. Mm-hmm. We own our own bridal planning company. Uh-huh. Cameo and Cufflinks. We have a studio downtown. Oh, <coughs> <coughs> Nobody do a <coughs> You okay? I'm fine. I don't know. Did, did everyone Google in 2008? Hi. I felt like you'd Damn be, like, hi. more inclined to hey, Google. Because like, ooh, I could find something. I mean, you know, we it all had novel it. back then. But was it like a knee-jerk reaction back then? I know. I wouldn't expect to find some old white guy named Jack on the internet. <sighs> Present I mean, day. I mean, I feel like it's weird that they work in the industry and they don't know one of the, the biggest names. <laughs> the wedding industry. Yeah, no. And they don't know any of the big, like one of the biggest names, one of their biggest competitors of like, I mean, I you know, if you own a bodega, you might know like, I got the sense the, that these the CEO people own. A million different businesses. I I got the feeling that this is one of their many different businesses that they own. Yeah, like a conglomerate. Yeah, because the way that he said is that we've got different businesses. Like they're Johnsons and Johnson Johnson. And I think that this is a much because it's also CJB, which is his son's initials, not his. This is his son's offshoot in the business. I think that's my interpretation of events. But who fucking cares or knows? Okay. I do want those Hershey Kisses. I said off mic. They're called hot cocoa, and they have marshmallow in the middle, and I really want them. Okay. Can we see if they're at the store after? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> which store i don't know okay like do you think rite aid has them i don't know do you think rite aid is 24 hours is that ralph's not do you guys want to send me hershey kisses <laughs> you're asking us or the I'm listeners the audience oh okay do you guys want to send me hershey kisses <laughs> Okay, so Dylan and the lovebirds, they're setting up the lights outside of the house. Dylan shows up with the string lights, um, which is just, it's everything. Um, always Dylan popping up in this movie. He Now, here's the thing. Dylan is a 32-year-old man or something like that. <laughs> okay. and, it's not, and I know that he's boyish and he's got boyish charm, but like, when do we tell these men that they're not boys anymore? 
Like, I had, like, you know, you just you hear guys that just pull shit like this. Like, I have a guy who's, like, 35. He's a friend of mine. He goes, oh, I'm a single guy. Like, I need help. And I was like, you're not allowed to say, like, I'm a single guy anymore. Like, you get invited to everyone's Thanksgivings. You get invited to everyone's Christmases. Like, I'm not going to take pity upon you any further. Like, everyone just feels bad for them. And this fucking slender man's walking around the house with a bottle of wine and string lights from his dead mother's house. And he thinks he's going to bring them by and be normal. Like, I would be like, okay, but who's going to tell Dylan, like, you know, you got to call before you come over now. Like, you can't, we're eating dinner, Dylan. That would be like, in my neighborhood, it'd be like, who is Dylan? Can we get Dylan's dad on the phone to have a talk with him about how you don't come around around dinner? If if you see the lights are on and, and everyone's sitting around the table, you don't bring the t- table, you know, you can bring the lights over after dinner, you call first. <laughs> So you're saying that he should go by dark man now. Yeah. I just feel like this is the type of kid in the neighborhood that people would talk about. Like, how do we deal with their parents? Their parents are at work a lot. How do we tell them that their kid, you know, is making some... I guess boundary issues. He's he's grown out of some of his youthful mistakes. He's now a preteen making the mistakes of a five-year-old. And it's become awkward for everyone. (laughs) Because he probably has pubic hair. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like when a boy just gets too old. <laughs> what? You know what I mean? No, but let's go. Let's go with it. When a kid is just too old, he's too old. I to feel be- like you're thinking of someone very specific. No. Okay. No, and every neighborhood has a kid like that. I just it needs to be like you know. <laughs> Reeled in. Someone needs to wrangle him. Someone needs to tell Dylan he can't come by between five and eight. Yeah. Okay. We're doing family things. Yeah. Five and eight is family time. So, and after nine, you can call. And after 10, no calls. See you in the morning. I was always like, I'm still to this day, I'm still like shocked when I get a call past 10. Right. I don't mind a text. Right. But if you're calling me past 10 o'clock... No, if you're calling me past 10, it means someone's in the hospital or in jail or dead. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there's the... The lovebirds are setting up the lights with Dylan. Roxy's watching from inside because she's a big grump. She goes upstairs to Jack's room. She starts poking around in his shit. Um, She finds a thong of her mom's, I guess, in his bag. It's like a cheetah print thong. She goes and hides in the closet because she hears someone coming. Um, (laughs) Not yet. Charlie comes into the room and he starts poking around. And Dylan, he is like on the ladder. He gets to the window at that point. So he's looking in and watching Charlie go through all this stuff. And then there's a rustling in the hallway. Charlie climbs into the closet, not knowing that his soon-to-be stepsister is in there. Um, and then Jack and Rose follow right behind. That's what the noise was. And the two of them start making out and rolling around on the bed together, kind of like dry humping. Well, unbeknownst to them, their kids are in the closet and Dylan watches through the window. So Dylan falls on the sword for all of them. And he falls off the ladder from the second story. And the two of them, like, it's barely enough to break them up. Yeah. Like, they still, like, they're still going at it for, like, yeah. a second, like, joking around about how bad they want to fuck. And then, like, Dylan's like, ow, like, I'm really in pain down here, you guys. <laughs> and they, like, finally, like, start to get up. My question is, like, had that not happened, but they were still stuck in the closet, like, at what 
point would they have revealed? I think that that's why the bit was done, was done, Christina, was the fear factor of what would have happened if like, Dylan had not fallen. How would you get out of, how They'd would you? be watching their parents fuck. How would you get out of, at what point would you get out of this? You wouldn't. Situation? You would have to, you guys would have to hunker down and wait. <laughs> and they're old. So who knows? That could be longer. <laughs> Or it could be shorter. Oh. But both ways, it's very gross. <laughs> it's so All gross. The- I felt such dread watching this whole thing. <laughs> and poor Dylan. Like, when I was growing up, like, some, just even the, the the sight of a ladder was very dangerous. Like, everyone would always just be like, stay away from the ladder, Molly. Don't go near the ladder. And so, like, because, like, ladders are dangerous. And, like, most of our lives are about safety instructions about ladders. There's a lot of (laughs) ladders. I feel like I spent. Maybe less than 1% of my life has been. One-fifth of my childhood dealing with ladder safety. I swear to you. I feel like everything I was doing. all All the shows I watched, everything had something with, like, ladders or, like, just be careful of the ladder. Like, if you walk under, it's bad luck or ladders can you know fall everyone was worried about ladders when i was growing up okay absolutely punky brewster she had that ladder on her treehouse and even that i remember my mom being like don't even think about it ladders were not encouraged i'm very i'm very limmy though too so they probably could have known i was a fucking liability i couldn't have gone near one but thinking about someone falling off of a second story on a ladder is really extreme. <laughs> That's like, you're going to the hospital for that. You yeah. could have like burst organs. You could have internal damage at that. Really? And the two of them are just horned up, dry humping. Poor Dylan. She's known him since he was six years old, dying outside for us. <laughs> oh, she could be bleeding out at that, that, that impact. Yeah. The ladder could have fallen right on his nose. Because split his nose, needed a facial reconstruction on Christmas. Um, okay. So our next clip is 4401 to 4504. Um, we're going to set a deal in place, guys. This is where it all... Excuse me, Charlie. Wait, can we just cut to it here, okay? I'm going through a divorce right now. My ex-wife is sucking me dry. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. I can't afford to lose even a little bit of my inheritance to your mother. So I'm against this wedding as much as I suspect you are. What are you suggesting? We team up. I don't even know you. You know me well enough. Yeah. We both want the same thing. We don't want this to happen. I just, I just don't want my mom to rush into this. I want the same thing you want, Roxanne. Unless, of course, you relish the idea of having me as a brother. What's your plan? Make Rose stop wearing her rose-colored glasses. Give her those reality. Let her see what my dad is really like. Trust me, this wedding will never take place. Deal. Also, like, why does he hate his dad so much? Deal. He's a piece of shit. I just wrote he's a horny SOB. I like, think I can't deal with it. I think Dylan might be dealing with some issues of abandonment as well. Sure. Maybe his father was Wait, a very... Wait, you mean what's-his-face is Charlie. Charlie. We Charlie, sorry. Uh, you no, don't have Luke Perry in a movie and have a character named Dylan. Don't do it. Charlie <laughs> has some abandonment issues as well because I imagine, you know... Dad was busy. Dad was busy. Yeah. 
barely looked at him at the breakfast table. He could also just be a bad seed, dude. Grew up in a loveless family, you know, uh... And learn to disrespect and not really be in love because his parents were in a loveless marriage. Yeah. Um, and that's what you do when you're a blue blood. <laughs> and, you know, so he, I don't know if he I doesn't believe that his father blood. is capable of, of love. Right. And so to see it actually happen is just too much for him. Right. They both have abandonment issues. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess that could be true. I kind of am lean, I'm leaning more towards him just being a bad person. Okay. We're far enough into the movie that I want to get to the point what? that I want to get to. You want to go in? I, so the thing that does not make this a Christmas movie mm-hmm. is that Christmas hasn't played a big enough role in the overall, like, scene setting like, you know, what's going on with the only thing that's happening that's Christmas centered is the, the lights, wedding. the music, the yeah. wedding. That's it. Well, there's, there's dressing. no, there's no like, there's no like Christmas montage where like they usually like do something like sledding. Well, they're putting lights up on the house right now. They're putting lights up on the house, but it's not like the advent calendar that tells us what day we're on. What it's do you not want a, from these it's people? It's not enough. It's not what enough. What do you want from these people? It's not enough. There's, so like, there's, I've seen enough of these movies where there's Christina. usually like, they're decorating it's the tree never together. Be enough for you. It's like, they're decorating the tree together and then they stumble on an ornament and the ornament has a story and it reveals something and it becomes like an opening moment and they fall in love for the first, they, like, there's like a first, like, something is, like, you know, I, I like I can only make Beauty and the Beast references because I'm like it's like when she's like there's something there that wasn't there before like it was just like they've had the glimpse of that that doesn't happen here mm. um, okay and it usually happens over something Christmassy and like it's missing that magic for me I just think this is like a shitty movie and that they didn't like they're doing the best they can it's not a good Christmas movie is what I'm saying yeah no I mean it falls short yeah for sure, I would. I feel safe to say that. Yeah, um, it doesn't have the Christmas spirit, Molly. Right. So Dylan comes over and he's like, "Hey, fam, looks really happy, huh?" And Roxanne's like, "They're practically strangers, okay? This can't work. My mom and dad dated all throughout college before they got married." And he goes, "That doesn't really mean they knew each other." And she goes, "It's true. You can know someone for years and still not know them." And he tries to apologize to her, but she's basically like, "No, I don't want an apology. I want an explanation as to why you got up and left my life all those years ago." And he goes, "Cuz you told me to." And she says, "You believed that?" And he goes, "Well, yeah." And he goes, "Well, Dylan, we were kids then. I guess back then I thought I wanted forever and happily ever after." First of all, it's unfair to me as a viewer to not show me the scene yeah. and, or tell me about the scene in which she said to leave. Like, I need to know what the fight happened about and what she said to leave. And was which, her dad, ha- did her dad just die at this point? I don't think so because Dylan, it was Dylan, her dad seems to have died between this because he says, I wanted to know how you're doing since your dad died. Yeah. So it seems like her dad died just like three years ago or something, which by the way, I think colors a lot of her theory that this is like some long-term deep-seated emotional issue for her because it's really only been the last couple of years. Her yeah. behavior, a lot of her behavior is pretty inexcusable. <laughs> so, 
Um, Charlie comes running out and he goes, talk to you tomorrow, sis. And he gives her a kiss on the cheek. And Dylan goes, what do you have to talk to him about? And he, and she goes, you're jealous. And he goes, am not, am too. So like Dylan is now escalated from barely like being worthy of an apology to now they're flirting yeah. about him being jealous. And yeah. also I think he genuinely is jealous yeah. of her soon to be stepbrother, stepbrother who's a married man. Yeah. Like lots of jumping and to at, conclusions. At this point, do they, know, they don't know that she, he boned Trish or they might've boned or there was some, I don't think they boned. I think that was just like Tish has a crush on him. <laughs> oh, Tish. I don't think it Trish. was anything more than just like she makes a she makes like a meal out of a, a second, you know? Yeah. Um, she fits three years and three weeks, you know? So yeah, I know my deal with Tish, my deal or rather with Charlie and Roxanne is that like, I don't know how they thought this was going to play out long term. Like, were they going to create this? We see a little bit more of this later, but were they going to create this scheme to fuck over their parents and then start sleeping together? <laughs> That's so confusing. Because how did they think that would roll out? Yeah, like, because right? I don't think Roxy's capable of like a casual, like sexy relationship. No, that would no. be a disaster. She's gonna need to start dating this man. Yeah, and he's still They're married. Not, and he's she's also gonna need to start dating. She's gonna be married to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before they even, yeah. So, um, she's a virgin. Yeah, I, I think Dylan has gotten it though. Dylan's probably the only guy she's ever slept with. Maybe one other guy, and that's she why really she's, regrets That's it. why she was like, who else have you been sleeping with? I've slept with no one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, I think I hit on it. So Rose calls out to Roxy outside, and she goes, come on in. You're going to get a cold. And I was like, dude, she's 30. Like, if my mom told me to come inside when I was standing outside. cold. Out. Like, just come in, it's cold. I'd be like, no shit, it's cold. I'm wearing a fucking parka. I can read the temperature. My mom says shit like that to me all the time. Oh, my God. I don't think my mom would say that. I think she'd be like, what are you she's doing like, out there? She's going to be like, come in, you ain't catch a cold. You ain't sick. And then I'm like, that's not how colds work, mom. Yeah. So it's Charlie comes in. It's like a virus that you get. Charlie comes in to the shop and Roxy tells him that his dad will be there to pick out a tux soon. She's already picked out a really ugly tux jacket for him that she knows her mom will hate. Mm-hmm. Um, we find out the wedding's just a week away. Charlie says that's okay. They just need to find the reason for the two of them to split. So we find out that um, Rose hates lateness, liars, people that are only out for themselves, and sneakiness. Basically, she hates bad people. Like, she just listed Things that everyone hates in anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so Charlie, snoring. Yeah. Charlie's like, we can paint my dad like that for sure. So they plan to tell Gross, him about a Charlie. wine auction so that he'll get consumed with it and skip out on a rehearsal dinner where Jack is supposed to meet her best friends in the process. And in the process, leaving Rossi's mom jilted and brokenhearted. Yeah. Um, I wrote, you know, it seems needlessly cruel. Yeah. You know? It, it's That was the thing. It was cruel it was needlessly it was quite cruel yeah. and also they're fucking with two old people yeah they're in their 30s charlie's what 40 something charlie's like yeah charlie's in his 40s yeah. and then we know um rose is 61 but jack i feel like is probably closer to 70 yeah you know i i yeah I can't i'm uncomfortable age. with like stealing an old man's cell phone yeah. It just doesn't sit right with me. There was something about that that just like gross. It just like was like, I'm what not are you much doing? in feeling in like in hijinks of that nature to no, begin with. Not with old people. Not in old movies. Not in movies rather at all. I don't really like really appreciate hijinks. I'm just like, that's cheap. But then with an old person, I'm like, you're evil. Yeah. 
Um, he could have slipped on ice. I know. Sammy, <laughs> these are the things you think about. Oh when my you God. get older, you're so lucky you got right now. got an old man running through the street to a wine auction. You be thankful both your knees still work well. That would be a bad Christmas oh, on, all around any the hospital little, it's bed. It's like so fragile. With Jack's broken knees. Broken knees. If he's lucky, he'll break a hip. Yeah. So there's an insane amount of sexual tension between the two of them. It's in insane. Scene. It was like it made me uncomfortable. I really honestly am waiting for them to rip each other's clothes yeah. off. Yeah. And I don't know if they're getting off on the scheme or if he's just one of those people that like oozes just like I'm ready to fuck. Like, you know, those <laughs> guys that are like, like that, that it's just like, oh, my God, like he's fucking anyone or everyone tonight. There was um, Nora Ephron was uh, married to, I think, Carl Bernstein. Um, and in her book, he cheated on her a bunch of times. And in her book about it, Heartburn, uh, she wrote that he would, he'd be so horny. He would fuck a Venetian blind if he had the, if he, if he, if he needs to, like, that's how horny he would be. He would fuck a Venetian blind. Okay. <laughs> like one of those folding blind things. Yeah. Okay. Of all the things. Yeah. Not literally, obviously, but she was like, that's how much no, of a I creep know. monster he was. And like, that's the kind of vibe. But it's that not like guy- they're not sexy. <laughs> so that's the kind of creep vibes that Charles is giving off. The way that Charles <laughs> is hitting on her, she, Roxy goes, you're not even divorced yet. And he goes, yet. And I'm like, do you Ugh. think this motherfucker hasn't been plowing half of his town already, Roxy? Like, I don't think the divorce is holding him back. Like, He has to have some sort of venereal disease. For sure. Um, and, like, normally, like, I try to lean off of that joke. I don't. In this case, no. I feel it's warranted. Yeah, no, it's not a joke. I'm like. He actually probably is this the kind guy, of guy definitely that has, like, doesn't get tested too. No, exactly. That's, that's what part I mean. of how he lies to his wife. Yeah, is if he doesn't know the truth. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I'm implying. Ew. Yeah, is that he's just recklessly spreading. <laughs> he's recklessly spreading disease. Yeah, an infection. Yes. So, um, it's food. We should note here that Roxy grabs um, Jack's cell phone when he starts to run out the door, so he doesn't have it with him. Um, she can't believe what a flake this guy is and how fucked up it is that he's revealed himself so quickly. She buys in 100%. She turns to Charlie. She's like, wow, he really is a flake. You showed him that wine auction and he proved himself to be who he is. So she's still at this point. She genuinely part of Roxy. She's not out to just paint him as it. She's out here to expose him. She doesn't want to just paint him fault like in vain as this type of person. So. Let's play 4948 to 5433 where we find out that much to Roxy's chagrin, she can't make Jack a bad guy. This is a rough scene to watch. Yeah. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It, it, even for this. This is where it like turned me like pro, like I was already kind of pro them, them falling in love, but like then I was like, you know what? They're the heroes of the movie. Oh, yeah. No, for this movie to manage to embarrass you is really something. Hi, oh, mom. Roxanne. Sorry you were late. I know how you hate that. Liz, hi. Uh, <laughs> how are you? Her dress is beautiful. Martin, Rose's Liz dress. Sander, my very dear friends. Liz, don't say old. No, 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 no. <laughs> This is Charlie, Jack says. It's nice to meet you. We've heard so much about your dad. Oh, yeah. Where is your dad? Uh, oh, he, um, he didn't call? No. I thought he was at the shop with you and he'd just come over. Wasn't he picking up his stocks? Uh, he was. He, uh, yeah, he, 
he was... Well, you know, Dad, I mean, sometimes he just gets so excited that, you know, everything and, and sometimes everyone else just goes right out of his head. What was he excited about? I don't know, it's hard to tell with Dad. He didn't, he didn't call you? No. You know what? He probably just forgot. Forgot about our dinner plans? That's Dad. He, um, he didn't even mention it. Did you remind him? One time, he forgot to pick my mom up at work. He was at his usual, you know, all-night boys poker game kind of thing, and he forgot that I was home alone. Oh, again! And he didn't remember until mom came home herself, and then he realized, and boy, was she steamed. But you get used to it. You know what I think we should probably just order? It's, I mean, it's hard to say when he's ever going to arrive. Sorry, I'm late. I I lost my cell phone. Then I got lost, and I didn't have anybody's number. You can't believe where I've been. Try me. An auction, but not just any auction. Look. Jack! Oh. Oh, that's a lovely wine. <laughs> How much did this case set us back, Dad? This wine is the wine that we shared the first night we met in Paris, and we thought we would never, ever, ever see another bottle of it. When I saw they had a whole case for sale, I knew we had to have it for the reception. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm late, though, Sugar. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. Oh. That is so romantic. <laughs> I'm Martin. This is. Oh, I'm sorry. This is. This is my <laughs> wife, Liz. Uh, we've heard all about you. Guess most of it is true. Well, I can't take all the credit. I mean, Roxanne and Charlie were good enough to give me a heads up about the auction. <laughs> Roxanne told you about the auction? Um, well, you know, it wasn't exact. It wasn't exactly like that, well, Jack. Yeah, your little wedding planner thinks of everything. That was very thoughtful of you, Roxanne. Well, it was, you know, it was. It's good to know someone's looking out Ooh, for me. This look that she's giving her, I would die. I would die. Who's I calling his phone? phone? I need to know who's <laughs> calling his phone, though. Uh, yeah, um... You left it at the shop. Oh. Oh, Thanks. Yeah, okay. So, like, there's a lot going on there. First of all, Rose's friends are weird. What? Rose's friends are weird. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's, what it's, does she have in common with those people? I feel like they, like, were at an artist's community years ago before she they met. They had, like, a threesome? Yeah. They swang together? I think they might have. I almost thought maybe they might have been friends from, like, the old marriage. Yeah, well, they did say, like, these are my dear friends. And, and the guy goes, oh, don't call us old. Oh, like right. nobody said that. Relax. I don't know. My dear old friend, she said. I think she just said dear. Oh, oh, right. As right. long as you don't call us old. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like we witnessed elder You're abuse there. You're my dear there. friend, Molly. Do you think that's elder abuse, what we just witnessed? <laughs> A little bit. I do, too. I they feel were like trying they, to gaslight. They confused an old man. They were trying to he was like the Winnie mom. the Pooh, the way he sat down at that table. He was so cute and he got his wine. wine. He made his 
like his fiance happy they're old like i'm just happy for them he truly loves her he went out of his way to find the exact wine that they never thought they were gonna see again after they had that magical night in france yeah i wonder how much it cost i wonder because they talked about about it it? like it was like what you know who else was wondering about it? charlie charlie because they talk about it a few times like it's some coin and like for it to be at an auction in and of itself, I feel like it must have been pretty pricey. If we have any wine connoisseurs in the group. Yeah, if you guys know what that is, if they ever said what wine it is. Did they say? I think they might have. Or, you know, somebody give us a ballpark. Like, what are, like, the high-end wines going for? Like, is it enough for Charlie to be like, you know, it's not Titanic wine. No, no. But I can imagine it being, like, 1200 a case. Easy. Yeah, 1200 though. How, how much, much is a, like, how much is a case? Twelve or six? I have no idea. Um, I don't buy that much wine. But anyway, we come back from commercial. Um, Rox is trying to order some Colombian roses. She's talking to a photographer on the phone. She's basically like trying to do double time now to pick up for what she did, which was nasty. She's working with some different fabrics at this drawing board, like artist desk sort of thing. Um, when Dylan knocks on the window. Um, I wrote, is this the family house or what is this supposed to be? I guess it is supposed to be somewhere in the bridal shop. Yeah. But there's also a kitchen in it. So I wondered if this was a room off the side of her house. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's it's very it's frustrating. So it's frustrating because I want to know very badly like what this looks like. So he says that, you know, he's actually about to leave. He's wanting to do things right this time. So he tells her that he's taking off again. He wants to do it right this time. She tries to play it off like it's really cool. And he starts to say something. I'm not even sure what he's about to say. And she goes, Dylan, you don't get to do that anymore. I've got a lot of stuff to get finished so you can let yourself out. And I'm like, do what anymore? Like he was, was he going to apologize or like ask about the future? Like what, what was he going to do? I don't know. I mean, you have to get, give us enough as an audience member so that we might know what it was that he was going to do. That's the thing. It's like, it feels like they don't, they have very strong reactions to things that aren't fully explained. Yeah. And, and it's like almost like, supposed to be done so in a about? way that like we're supposed to draw our own conclusions. Yeah, but, but we don't have enough. Again, we do not have the flour. We just have the Sprite. How uh-huh. are we supposed to eat this cake? Thank you, girl. So she's back at her design desk or whatever, and she has these, like, I think she's hand-sketching the bridesmaids' dresses. (laughs) And there's, like, four days left to the wedding because she has, like, different fabrics draped around, and she's, like, working with, like, a brown, a red, and a gold, like, I don't know, what do you call them? A colored pencil. And I'm like, bitch, are you fucking sketching the dress? Yeah, right? So she's. Do you really? Is she think also that, a seamstress. What is going on here? I know Kanye can get a turnaround, like a one day turnaround. I've heard this that these one day turnarounds can happen, but you have to be Kanye. This woman doesn't have like a team of elves making these dresses tomorrow. Is she making the dress? I don't know who the fuck is making these dresses, and if she's doing it, I don't know why she's bothering to sketch and color. She doesn't have time like this. <laughs> She's got to have it fully sketched out. I assume they have an in-house seamstress because it sounds like they order a bunch of like different fabrics and then they offer the fabrics. It sounds like the same thing with the napkins at the beginning when she was like, my napkins are snot green. And they're like, we're going to go to the store. And they like just like revealed like, you know, five dozen gold napkins. They just had them on them. 
I'm starting to think how they that get it wrong in the first place. I think they had some for like that they weren't the right color. Yeah. And maybe they had that for a different type of wedding. Mm. But at, at this table setting, it looks not green. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure there are occasions in which a chartreuse napkin is appreciated. Yeah. Just not at this wedding. No. So um, she arrives at her mom's place in the van for the sh- from the shop. Her mom's arranging flowers when she gets inside. Hey, did you see how many fucking plants were at the mom's house? It's insane. Every surface has plants on it. It's so much. I realized that when like there was another shot where I was looking into the, the living room. Yeah, and I, I think like, she lost her fucking mind. Yeah. she Well, because she wasn't having any sex. Yeah, I guess so. She does love her outside flowers. We know that. We know that Roxy feels uncomfortable dealing with flowers in the shop because her mom loves flowers so much. Yeah. But that doesn't include like literal just like house plants. Like there's just like ferns ablaze everywhere. Everything. Every surface. There's there's hanging ferns. There's ones rolling down shelves. Like there are ferns everywhere. It's, it's too much. Too much. And I love a greenery. I yeah. do. Um yeah. it so really brings her the space together. That she brought her her desk. Um, I'm sorry, her dress. Uh, her mom forgives her and embraces her the second she looks at her face. So, like, she's quick to forgive. Yeah. She didn't even say sorry. This is a child that winds up spoiled. And honestly, like Roxy, of course she doesn't want her mom to leave her. Her mom treats her like she's Jesus. It's, I think, it's just, she really loves her daughter. But it's like in a way that she created at a this monster. Point, yeah, she, it's hindered more than it's helped. Yeah. So she tries on her dress and she goes, oh, baby, it's just, oh, it's dreamy. Thank you. So this is when I texted you yesterday and said, is she supposed to be a hippie? Oh, uh, yeah. Like it was all starting to come together. Yeah. The dreamy, the sort of like lovey-dovey thing, the fucking drapey outfit. You know what? Maybe, maybe like being loved, this is what it's unleashed in her. Sure. You know? Yeah. Like her flower child was like trapped up in a box as soon as she married her husband and now, you know, he's dead and she can bloom again. Yeah. Beautiful. That's exactly what it is because you know he would be, he'd be like, stop doing that hippie shit because she... Her soul's on fire. Yeah. He set wow. her soul ablaze. He did. Wow. He set her free. T. Wow. Can we so, that? T. So... Uh, she says to her mom, you that know, love that sets you free. What? Like love that sets you free like that? It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. <laughs> okay, Christina. I'm fuck. sorry. I'm just like, oh, uh, like, will Are I ever gonna get punch to, me? Will I ever get to experience that? Okay. So she tells her mom she's sorry about the night before. She just wanted to show her what kind of ja- guy Jack was. And she goes, oh, you mean the kind of guy who would drive halfway across town to drop a small fortune on our wedding? So. This seems like also you're way too old to be like, sorry, mom. I just wanted to like pull this prank that was like really mean on an old man to show you that, you know, he's a crook. She is not taking ownership of her actions. My mom would be like, we got, okay, Molly, like, and then behind my back be like, she's got to go to a hospital. (laughs) You know, like that would be like a pat me on the head, sort of like short thing, sweetheart. And then. I'm really worried about her. We get to talk. Like, what's going on? Has, what's have you the talked deal with to Molly? any of her friends? She like, would, your mom would text me. Yeah. She would Facebook message me. Facebook message you. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have, she, I don't have her number. That's the only way we would contact each other. Yeah. You can have my mom's number. I don't know if she's the go-to person. Do you have someone as your emergency contact? Like You're here? my emergency contact. Oh. 
I said this on the other day. I was like, this is probably the only person who will pick up the phone if I die. So, oh. <laughs> well, just like you're reliable. Like my mom, it would go yeah. to voicemail and she'd get it in two weeks and I'd be like dead in an Italian prison by then. <laughs> if I was Amanda Knox. <laughs> if I was Amanda Knox. You know? Oh, boy. These are the kind of things you got to think about to pass the hours. So... <laughs> um. So Roxy says she knows that she was wrong, but he's nothing, you know, he's nothing like dad. And then she goes, thank goodness. And Roxy's like, bitch, what? Like, did you just like curse dad's dead name? And <laughs> mom's basically like, T, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. She's like, um, you know, your dad loved you so much. I never wanted to ruin anything for you. He was such a great dad. He was obsessed with you, but he was not a good husband. I was Oof. miserable for years. That's there was rough. lying and cheating nonstop. When he um when he died, I swore I'd never be in another relationship, but then I met Jack and he took a hold of my heart. Oh. I trust him. I need you to be happy. Um, I need you to be happy for me. I really do. Um, and Roxy's like, okay, I'm happy for you. I'm gonna plan the wedding. So Roxy's back on. She's still on the team, but we still got Charlie out there. This motherfucker still out there trying to fuck shit up. Roxy has unleashed the dragon. Yeah identified him, let him know he's welcome in their home, and now he, just because she's changed her mind, he's not going to go away. Yeah. And it goes to show, Roxy, that you can't always, you know, play with fire and not expect to get burned. So the doorbell rings. It's Charlie. He asks if he wants to stay for dinner, and um, and she's like, yeah, I will stay for dinner. And she's like, let's see what this motherfucker's up to. So let's play 102.25 to 103.56. By the way, I do want to say before we start this that it is weird that Roxy now is like, it's like, honey, do you want to stay for dinner? Like, she's being invited to stay yeah. kind of in her own childhood yeah. home. Like, in a way that <sighs> we've established this earlier in the movie that it makes her uncomfortable. But I would be very fucking uncomfortable if my mom started to refer to me sort of as like a second-class citizen in my own Yep. In my quote-unquote own home. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Toast, ladies and gentlemen, to our wives and lovers. You're here, wives and lovers. May they never meet. Hey, Dad? Oh, Charlie. <laughs> it's real classy, Charlie. Is that what happened to your marriage, Charlie? Lie and cheat on your wife? Not really good qualities in a husband. <sighs> well... I'd like to make a toast, too. I've used the word love all my life. Yeah, no kidding. Knock it out. Nick. It wasn't until I met you, Rosie, that I really understood the meaning of the word. I love you with all my heart. And I'm, I'm so happy you'll have me as your husband. <laughs> Oh, I really hate to eat and run. I do, but you know what? I got business to tend to. Thanks, Rose. I'll see you, Dad. I'll see you later, Charlie. I'm just getting going now. Something's holding me up. It's oddly slapsticky in that way. I'm going to keep up my end of our bargain. Okay, look, when done, deal's off. Oh, no, 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 no. You just give up too soon, sister. We do a lot of, like, weird hijinksy, exactly Looney Tunes-esque stuff. Bye, Mom! Bye, Jack! So this is actually the epitome of that. She's taking off after him in a uh, in a little bit of a chase. She is um, in her in her van, 
Because this is her car, by the way, that she yeah. drives. I don't yeah. know if we ever set this up for you. Her <laughs> car is the company minivan, which is just a minivan that has their business on the side of it. There's nothing wrong with riding a work car. Absolutely not. I just don't think we've ever really established that she and her mom share a van. It's called cameo cufflinks. Cameo and cufflinks? Yeah. What, is the, what does that mean? A cameo pin. What's a cameo Like a cameo, pin? like a tra- traditional Victorian, like it's a silhouette. Oh. You might see it on a traditional pin. A lot of women wear them like on the around their neck. Hmm. And like a cufflink, like it's like a cameo would be, I don't know, I think a lot of women wore cameos, like their type brooches, like on their okay. necks, you know? Okay. On their necklines at their wedding. Hmm. Um, anyway. I'm going to Google, but go ahead. Sure, go for it. That's what my mom named Cam after. Her dog is Cameo. Cameo. Um, I call him Kamantha, though, after my sister. Um, <laughs> Did you know what that is, Sammy? No, okay. Cameo. So she gets inside. I of, was like, did I miss something in life? But I might, I think I'm. It's it some just, weird Northeastern fucking family shit. I don't know. That's why I know it is like my family. Oh, my okay. God. Can we move on? Sorry. <laughs> do you know what it is? Yeah. Wait, do you have, but like, do you have tea? Is it a wedding thing? Oh, no. I'm just looking at the actual picture. I just wanted to know what it was. You know what it is now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I didn't realize it was a wedding thing. Sorry. I don't know if it is a wedding thing. That's what I'm wondering. I think it's like a pit. I mean, I know what it is as a brooch, but I'm saying maybe it brings back, like, that's what a cameo is. Yeah, I don't know what the wedding is, but go ahead, yeah. She gets inside of the van, and as she starts to pull out, she hits someone, and it's Dylan. And Dylan has now suffered his second, possibly deadly concussion in two days. The way that she hits him is enough to kill a man. Yeah, seriously. She hits him with speed, and the way that he goes down, he falls like a scarecrow. Like, he just falls flat fucking down. And then she quickly gets him up, and she, like, dusts the snow off him, and she's like, are you okay? He's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. She's like, what are you doing here? He's like, I came back to to, for your mom's wedding, and I I didn't want to leave. And, like... The guy barely can like get like this is when you take literally take him to the hospital. Yeah, take him to the fucking. He's not forming a sentence. You start holding up fingers and shit. But she's like, I need you to come spy on my mom's my mom's fiance's son with me because he's trying to stop the wedding. Like Dylan, like literally is gonna lose his vision. Yeah. Um, he has serious brain trauma two days at home with this family. So, um, and that's actually like a sneak preview probably into what his life is going to be. That's if he why he has boundary issues coming over unannounced. Yeah, I know. He has a severe brain trauma from being around this family. <laughs> <laughs> can someone, can we call Dylan's dad and just have him have a conversation with him about... <laughs> Kind of when we come around at dinner time and stuff. He, he, he didn't leave for six years. He was recovering. He was in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> that I actually believe. I actually believe. And I like to believe that those are not hamster clothes. He's just like. <laughs> he's stuck. He's going through a rough time. Yeah. What happens if you. What happens if you they go just to photoshopped a, his face? They were like, you've been traveling the world, son. If you go into a coma for four years when you're 12, do you wake up in a 16 year old's body? Ooh, you know that's a rough reality yeah or well, you go you go in I'm in a coma as a 21 year old and you wake up in a 53 year old i would die <laughs> but like do you think you age like that no your brain would be young no but like do you physically age 
<laughs> yes, you age. Yes, yes, you you physically age. <laughs> what? Are you really asking me this, or are you just being silly? No, I mean like, do you age like a normal man, <laughs> Molly? No, I know you age, but like, do you age like a normal man, <laughs> Sam? Sam. <laughs> Do you age like, like your muscles wouldn't wouldn't work right? They would be like really atrophied. So maybe perhaps <laughs> the aging process would be slightly different. But I can't imagine that it's like so you just grow. You grow off. Yeah. Oh God. I would hate that if I woke up a foot taller. Yeah. I would hate being in a coma no matter what. But if I was asleep from 4 to 16 or 12 to 16, oh my God. You'd wake up with boobs. Yeah. And if you're a dude, you grow so much. You would hope. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Oh my God. What if you wake up and you're a nerd? (laughs) That would be awful. Oh my God. Well, thanks, Dylan. Um, so just so you know, when you have, just so you have a visual, um, they're hiding in like a little, I don't know, a doorway on the street where they're watching Dylan. Oh, sorry. Charlie. (laughs) Charlie's moving the papers around with a blonde woman upstairs in this office. Now, I don't know what's going on up there. It looks like either drugs or an illicit affair or some sort of late night, like legal paperwork. I made the Dylan Charlie mistake and I've only seen one episode of 90210. Yeah. So... I mean, because he is Dylan McKay. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to clip this one minute clip just because it's disgusting the way that they make so many mouth noises. What you're going to be hearing oh, is Roxy getting inside of Dylan's camera strap so that she too can look through the viewfinder. And I don't know if they recorded these noises after and that's why they're so plentiful or if they layered them in with the ones they got at the moment. I don't know. There's too many mouth noises and I want to know what you guys think. Dylan, what's he doing? I don't know. I can't tell. It's a kind of file. Can I see? Yeah. Want to look? Uh, Hold it. There, put What are you thinking? I can't see anything. You tell me. What do you think he's doing? I have no idea. Is he moving? Huh? Oh! He's coming. Let's get. That chime feels good to me. Ugh. I'll tell you, the chime this is feels the, oh, good. It's, feeling, it's feeding the, the it's Christmas. It's how you know how to turn the page. <sighs> Did you read books like that when you were a kid? What do you mean? When the chime would happen, you'd turn the page. Oh, yeah. That was the best. Yeah. That was the shit right there. Wish I could get some of that. I'm thinking I need some of that. I could read, I could read like that right now. <laughs> Just like a little chime. like Ooh. That would feel great. Yeah. Um, so... Tish comes in and Roxy's on the phone with the napkin vendor. She hangs up and Tish is like, early bird gets the napkin, which 
I gotta love her. You yeah. know, I gotta love okay. Tish bringing this back. You're coming around on Tish? No. So Roxy says she has three <laughs> days left and so much to get done. Um, and then Roxy It's because she spent all night sketching those bridesmaid outfits. There's a couple things coming up that are peaking for me. They yeah. really peak some questions. So Roxy bothers to finally inform Tish that she's no longer trying to destroy your mom's wedding. Like the way that Tish is like, I thought you were trying to ruin the wedding. And Roxy's like, no, I'm moved on now. Now I'm trying to get Jack's Keep son up, to Tish. stop breaking the wedding up. What? <laughs> Keep up, Tish. I know. But also like... Roxy, you're such a self-centered cunt to like <laughs> literally like How not, are you not on bother the same page? to update Tish that yeah. you're not you're done. You're taking a hiatus from ruining your mom's life. Yeah. Um so you Roxy didn't see my tells, Twitter, Tish. What? She, she, you didn't see my Twitter, Tish? I'm over that. Exactly. So Roxy tells Tish about the case of wine. Um, she gushes about Jack. Now she's on the gushing train with Jack. And Ew. she's like, you know, he snores too loud and sometimes he eats too much, but he's a great guy. And I want to be like, he snores too loud. Like, so under those circumstances, essentially, that means that she's fucked him. Yes. You know? Yeah. Wow, Roxy. So, um, <clears throat> and then Tish says, of course he is. Otherwise, I'd be marrying him. Okay, Tish, calm down. You would not be marrying your boss's fiance, who she met in Paris. Yeah. After your failed wedding. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Tish offers her a cup She's of coffee. She's looking for that sixth wedding. I know. Tish offers her a cup of coffee. She's like, oh, I'd love that. I've been up for two nights straight. And I'm like, girl, you've got mania. Woo. That's where I checked in. And yeah. I was like, you've been, and Tish doesn't bat an eye. Like, that's normal to be up two nights straight and be at work in full hair and makeup the next day. Because, like, this girl turns out every day. She's up curling her hair early in the morning. I know bitches like this. She's <laughs> up two hours before work. Yeah, getting ready. Layering that mascara. Woo. So Charlie comes in and Tish freezes. It's like her dream man is right there. Um, Tish won't walk away. She's like, Tish, excuse us. Tish, frozen. Can't move. So Charlie comes up and says it's amateur hour around here. They have to make some fucking moves. It's time. And Roxy's like, listen, man, the wedding's going to happen no matter what. I'm on team Jack and Rose now. It's time for them to be happy. Um, and he drops the other shoe. So it's 107.52 to 115.06. This is where basically everything important that's going to happen in this movie happens. I think Rose is going to feel when she finds out that my store, my and my dad's bridal store, it's going in just down the block. We bought the building last night. I closed the deal. Uh, you, you have a, a bridal store? CJB Bridal? Maybe you've heard of us. Wonderful worldwide the weddings. The card upside down. CJB? That, that's the place wow, that's going to put us boy. out of business. That, that's you? Well, it's me and my dad. You know, it's too bad because you have a really nice little store here. It's too bad it won't be around very long. He was like casing the joint when he first came in in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I'm going to do a pause here. Even though these scenes are consecutive, they're after a commercial break. I do want to turn to the IMDb really quick. We were talking about, you know, the writing and directing. This actually, this movie was written and directed by Leslie Hope, who has a really like big career. She's done a lot of stuff. Um, I would say that, you know, the thing that she is known for writing, obviously, just this movie, really. But she has directed a lot of stuff. Um, let's look at her directing work. Oh, she's acted in a lot of stuff, too. 
Leslie Hope. Yeah, she's a big actress, Christina. This woman's she was on um Suits for a bunch of episodes. She was on Tyrant, NCIS. This woman's like a big actress, and now she directed this movie as well. The River, The Mentalist. She's done a lot of big shows. Good for her. Yeah. For parlaying it over to a directing career. I think I've heard Christy Carlson Romano directed a Hallmark movie. She did? People got to change, you know? At, at different times in her life, people got to make changes. Good for her. Yeah. So it seems like she got her start doing these these types of movies. This was her first Christmas movie. Then she did My Neighbor's Secret, Mary In-Laws. Um, she did something called Gay Keith. Gay Keith? <laughs> what? It's G-A-Y-K-E-I-T-H, all lowercase. Gay Keith? The fuck is Gay Keith? You're really honing in on this. <clears throat> huh. You know what's funny is so the guy who wrote Gay Keith is also the guy who wrote the story, the teleplay treatment for this movie. So they're in bed together somehow. I'm not really sure what's going on, but they're in bed. Um, I'm not done looking at her movies. She had some episodes of Van Helsing. She has a great career. What has she done? Who is she? Let me see. Let me see if I can find some facts on her because I feel like she's got something going on. Like she was married to Al Pacino or something like that? Yeah. I'm like, who's she fucking? Like, who's her <laughs> Why? Like, what? Maybe she earned it. Maybe she earned it. She's a Taurus. Um, personal quote. I was on the TV show 24 when I got killed sort of unexpectedly. And where in my mind I had thought I was in good shape because I was the wife of the hero and I was pregnant. And I ended up getting stabbed in the guts, right? So they made me promise that it wouldn't be at least 40 episodes before they stab me in the guts and kill me in the river. Call it a spoiler. <laughs> That's your personal quote, Leslie <laughs> Stabbed you in the guts? <laughs> who? Who? What Leslie Hope fan opened up INDB and was like, you know what? If she's known for one thing she's ever said in her career... It will be this hilarious anecdote about how she was promised 40 weeks on the river before they stabbed her in the guts. Gross. Um, real gross. So um, now we're going to see this scene where Roxy fails to emotionally process things and Dylan is a try-hard loser and there's more walkie-talkies. can't believe it. I knew Charlie's a shark, but Jack seemed like such a nice guy. Yeah, just when I was starting to like him. <laughs> he turns up to be the jerk that I was afraid he was. Mom doesn't deserve to get her heart all busted like that again. <laughs> he looks like he so wants to like, make out with her while she's crying. I know. I thought I didn't want things to change between us, but I do. So she really thinks that, that Jack was in all this the whole time. Yeah. I do. I mean, at least she had the guts to take a second chance. She's kind of a bimbo. I don't know. I really she feel for her. She just takes this info to Dylan. Like, I would pick, I'd be picking up the phone, like, being like, what the fuck is up with this? I'd call my mom right away. I guess 
She's processing. I was just waiting for that perfect moment. <laughs> See, that's where we're the same, Rox. I'm always waiting for the perfect moment, too, but sometimes I wait too long and I miss my opportunity completely. But I'm trying not to let that happen again. I'm looking for a second chance at a perfect shot. Right now. Sorry, Dylan, but I can't. I can't. I'm looking for forever. It's never been you. back soon he's got his new tux mom i um i have something to tell you it's about jack what's the matter honey you get nervous i'm the one who's supposed to have cold feet rosie hey hi roxanne hello rose do i look as good as i feel huh <laughs> do you like it roxy picked it out for me Oh, Jack, I think that that is possibly the ugliest tux I've ever laid eyes on. (laughs) Okay, so it's more bargain basement than high-end department store, but uh, it's me. (laughs) When were you going to tell her, Jack? (laughs) Tell her what? About CJB Bridal. Mom, what I came here to tell you was the business moving in down the street is CJB Bridal, and it's... It's Charlie and Jack's company. What? No, that can't be right. Our bridal store here? Charlie was in this morning, Jack, and I saw the sign. Well, I don't know anything about this. Oh, Jack, what have you done? Well, Rosie, I didn't know. Uh, well, look, give me a chance to fix this, to, to, to make it right. How, Jack? How are you going to make it right? You're ruining everything that matters to me in my life. Rosie, just give me a chance. I'll... Stop talking. But, but Rosie, listen. Just, just give me a chance to go down and find out what's going on. Stop. You lied to me. You promised me that you would never lie to me. And you lied. Take the cucks back, Jack. This is not going to work. Old people, like, should not have to feel pain like that. Her world, like, fell apart. His world fell apart. 
like, and we just watched it, man. It's not right. They should have all just chilled out and stayed in Paris. So sad. I'm nice surprised little shot on the back of the, of the glass door. You can see him walking away in his red tops. So sad. Bro, look, she's sitting there with her glowing earrings on. This killed me, huh? this scene. She really, she, the okay. actress did a good job, even though she couldn't cry. That's why I left this bitch in. Exactly the way you wanted it, baby girl. Nothing's changed. Oh, this is awful. Can you imagine in the face of your mother feeling the worst she's ever felt in her life? You you go, Mom, I'm sorry. And she goes, why? This is exactly how you wanted it. Nothing's changed. And meaning it. Yep. And she's not doing it to be petty. She means it. She can't it. even look at you. No, and like, it's not even, it's just like, she's just like, it was my fault for trying. I was an idiot to even try. Yep. You knew you knew best. I shouldn't have even tried. This is rough. It, this, like, it, it breaks my fucking heart. Here's the thing. They went too, it went too dark. I don't want this for anyone. It went too lifetimey. And it was too dark. This is not what happens in a Christmas movie. This you shouldn't get this depressed. This one a little like Christmas fluff, and then they needed they needed to start with more darkness. But this Luke Perry guy, the way he just sharks around, I do feel like it's he gives, he feels like a sexual predator to me too. It's gross. He's just like whiffing his like he's just like like blasting his he's pheromones blood, in the bitch. air. He's just like blasting his pheromones in the air at anyone who wants to like come across his path. Blah blah blah. Long story short. Um, you know, whatever. He comes by, he drops off the tux jacket. He's like, listen, never want to hurt your mom. I stopped this business thing. Charlie thought he was going to get away with it. Fuck Charlie. I didn't sign it. I really love your mom. I would do anything to be with her. And she's like, you really mean that? And she's like, okay, cool. Then she goes into her mom's house and she's like, mom, get up. She's like, we're going to go look at the Christmas lights. It's Christmas Eve. We got to do it. And her mom's like, I don't want to. I was just, and she's like, no, mom, no excuses. So they go to this big place, which honestly, I was just thinking, I wish we had this in LA. Yeah. And it was basically a big outdoor park that was like entirely decorated in lights in a way that was like kind of like cool little light shows. They weren't houses, but they were like little, you know, penguins and shit like that. This is the, that's like the Christmas thing that should have gone in the middle of the movie. Yeah. For like a proper. That's the Christmas thing that should go in the middle of my week, honey. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I would. Love to do that. Little <laughs> stroll, put on this jacket I'm wearing right now, this long fuzzy thing. Do you want to go to like a Christmas like, little avenue that has like houses? I would like that, we but I do don't that. think we can. Should we do? Can we do a please advise from an elf house? We can like you know 
do one that like we walk around i want to go to an elf house okay okay i know you do whatever you want (laughs) i just don't think we're ever going to find this kind of amazing christmas action in one place no do you think maybe our favorite hometown of oak glen california has maybe oak glen probably has some cute stuff going on maybe maybe christina and i went apple picking in oak glen california it was so so good you guys yeah and um i love it Freed my soul. Best day of my life. It Probably was fun. best day of my fall for sure. Yeah. And um, I really want to go back. I bet that they do have some cute Christmas bullshit. I, they do actually. I know they do have Christmas things. Little yeah. jingle jangles, donuts. I gotta like look that. into it. I gotta look into it. But yeah. I don't need a whole tree. No, I know. <laughs> I know. But like what a little festivity. <laughs> a little festive. I would like a little festive. festive. I would like some festive stuff. I get it. I get it. I get little it. Little snowball treats, some yeah. wine, a cider, something yeah. like that, an yeah. eggnog. I'm down. I'd love a nog. Do you think they're allowed to sell liquor at that place? I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. So, um, blah, blah, blah. All well, those we stuff had wine happens. when we were there, so. What? You, we had wine when we were yeah, there. Yeah, but I was thinking, like, they can't sell nog. Because that's brandy and that's a separate dr- liquor yeah. license. I was really just asking because I'd like to know the logistics of farm drinking. Maybe we can get our own knot. We can like, you know, kind of spike it. I also don't need that. I just kind of was like curious if you All thought right. the farm had a liquor license. Okay. You know, yeah. or just wine and beer. Wine and beer. Well, we can call. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> so um. basically she's walking her mom through this big Christmas display and she's being like, mom, you know what? Jack loved you. And she's like, well, she's like, you know, you were right. I tried that. I don't need anything like that. I'm hardened up. And she, like, takes this tone. The actress does a great job with this because, like, I looked at this and I was like, wow, this woman really is done with love. Like, I believed her. Yeah. Um, and she's like, you sure about that, mom? And then all of a sudden, jingle, 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 sleigh bells. Here comes a horse. Oh, who's on the horse? It's Jack. Want to come ride with me, Rose? Comes out with a rose. I think, honestly, I cried. Yeah, I was already crying, but I think okay. it like, well, I think that I had sort of calmed it down, but then it came right back up. Ah, uh, you know? he won you back over. Yeah, when it's just right there, right there, ready to cry. Um, this actress, her name is Helen Shaver, and she's one of the other ones that they kind of like advertise as being in this movie. Um, she's been in a bunch of stuff. I guess forty four hundred is something people might know from recent Poltergeist. She's been around a long time. With she Oscar, pretty... with Academy Award winner Mahershala Ali. He was in the 4400. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, no, she did a bunch of stuff. Good for her. I'm proud of her. A lot of these people are out here working. Jessica Novak, she was in that TV series. A lot. Joanna Garcia, you know, this woman, the dude who plays the dad. These are all, like, solid working actors. Yep. 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 Unsung Heroes of Hollywood. I'm proud of her, man. Dude, she was fucking... When, around 1984, when, when Malls was a little wee babe, just crying in my little crying in my little crib. She's having the best time of her life, this one. Probably doing coke in LA. Yeah. Her resume's tearing up the charts at this time. She's doing blow, getting, getting laid, probably <laughs> sleeping with Harrison Ford. What movie was she in? It's a bunch of stuff. This one was working <laughs> Oh, I, I thought you were looking at a Harrison Ford movie she might no, have been in. That's why no, you were no, dropping no, no. that this reference. This woman's just like, she's like she was on TJ was... Hooker in 84. Okay. This so bitch William is Shatner. laid. You know she was out at the clubs. She met Harrison Ford and she fucked Harrison Ford. Okay. I'd put money on it. Yeah? Yeah. And she was going in like the 70s too. I bet she fucked Nicholson too. Probably. I hope so. 
she seems like she's lived a lot of life, you know? So if that's what that means to her, then that's cool. So um, I'm just noticing at the end of this when she gets into the carriage that her hat is actually shaped like a little penguin. Did you see that? Oh, no, I didn't notice that. It was like the whimsy like came up and it made sense when she was riding off of the carriage. But up until then, when she was really miserable, her putting on a whimsical <laughs> penguin hat didn't seem like the choice. Maybe she was trying to dress happy. It, like, it was almost like the hat took on a new meaning as her attitude changed. Mm. You know? Okay. So we're at the wedding now. It's beautiful. It looks like a beautiful – it really does. It looks like a lovely wedding. Um, Dylan is definitely not dressed for a wedding that's happening in the middle of December for A, a wedding, but B, one that's happening in the middle Dylan of December. Dylan for sure is wearing his church clothes from high school that were still in his childhood bedroom closet. <laughs> he's also the worst photographer I've ever seen. Yeah, he's not good. No. <laughs> Hard to believe that even that white man thrived in the arts. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, even him. I'm like, because he looks like he has that Brooklyn photographer thing. But he's just so unprofessional the way he wields that He definitely thing. has, like, spent a lot of time photographing fire hydrants. Totally, totally. In black and white. But it's very, very difficult to believe that this man's point of view was required around the world. It was requested and required in yeah. a lot of ways to pay for someone to travel around the world. Jesus. Um, so Roxy catches the bouquet, of course, um, very similar to the first scene we saw with her mom catching it. Dylan's taking all the photos. Um... The friends from the dinner are taking a photo with them. The friends from the dinner look like different human beings. I know. Beings. It's wild. It took me a minute because I was like, like who oh, the wait. fuck are these rude people <laughs> yeah. standing with the bride and groom? They're her dear friends. And I was like, oh, friends. that's that bitch from dinner with a blowout. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> she went to blow dry bar again. Tish is wearing a pink stole. Um, it's so <laughs> cute. And she, her little red hairs and curls. I love it because I love a redhead that embraces pink, like a natural redhead that mm. embraces pink. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. Um, so nice to know. We start to see the dance. Yeah, I love like a little, like pale, pale, like Molly Ringwald, okay. where it's just like that true red hair and that p- pale skin, and then like a pink. It's a, it's a rare, it's a bold look. I will say that. So, um, they start to dance. You know, Dylan's telling her, you know, you did a great job on the wedding. Um, they cut in on their hands dancing, and he has sh- so many shells and bracelets on his hand. Yes. It's shocking that he can hold it up. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to play. This is basically the end of the goddamn movie. Um, he got a one- shell for every single country he went to on his photography excursion. This man did- made no edits. Like, literally, I'm surprised that there's not, like, a beaded bracelet from the last rave he went to and, like, a 21-plus drinking, like, wrist. Like, it's just... It's a lot of extra materials for a grown ass man. Twenty three forty one to twenty five minutes. Thing is, I, I was looking for someone to help me plan a wedding. Too. Really? Well, yeah. You've come to the right person. But it has to be very special. Do you know what you want? Yes. I always have. What did you have in mind? Just a simple ceremony. Okay. A few close friends and family. Are you, um, are you the groom? I hope so. I'm just because it's 
sometimes the groom isn't into the whole wedding thing as the bride is. I am. I'm into forever. The thing is, I need a bride who's into forever too. Do you think you can handle that? <laughs> yeah, you've uh, you've come to the right person. I mean, we are a full service business. So this ends with the two of them um, spinning around in a kiss, spinning yeah. around and around and around and around and around and around. And then like, I thought maybe there would be like a follow up where we see them getting married because like they were spinning for yeah. so long that I expected it to start to transition. But yeah, no, the credits just came up. So that was our wonderful Christmas movie, you guys. Welcome to the Christmas family. It was so not Christmassy, <laughs> not a Christmas family. family. Also, like the screen art for this movie is like abysmal i mean it does look like someone's like it portrays it in an entirely different movie like it looks like someone embroidered it physically into the screen but then also they do this strange like little sparkle effect over oh it. no i'm talking about the actual like poster they have for this movie like when you're about to like purchase it oh oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. like joanna Garcia and like uh dylan mckay what is his name luke perry and it looks like, oh, this movie is about these two people falling in love. And it's it looks like, like a romance novel. Nothing, nothing to do with either of them. Yeah. Like their romances are a side thing. They're not even into each other. I just felt like I was led astray by the cover art. Yeah, I think like they were able to justify that because there was like three seconds where they kind of maybe were going to fuck. Yeah. And that might have been it. I feel like in the it 90s, was actually too, like three seconds in, this in the movie. 90s, they would do that. They'd be like starring Jennifer Love Hewitt and like so and so. And then they would just have three seconds. Like Jennifer Garner was like starring in, um, in, um, can't catch me if you can when she had that one. Scene, oh, yeah. She like, had that one they'd scene. be like starring Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Jennifer Garner star turn and catch me if you can. Yeah. And it's like, uh, mm. you know, like it was a scene, yeah. but that's like they used to really like ride that. And I yeah. think that Lifetime. When they do the guest starring roles, they try to like milk them. So what is, let's just do Christmas movie for your scale this time. I'm going to say my favorite Christmas movie, if I can throw out for me, best Christmas rom-com is While You Were Sleeping. That's my one. It has to be a Christmas rom-com? No, just a Christmas movie maybe. Why didn't I think of this before I got here? I'm sorry. This is really hard. I mean, you can come up with one. Don't take take a minute. Okay. It's just which Christmas movie do you like? It's also not you don't have to get a tattoo. No, I know. It's just Home Alone's a great <laughs> Christmas movie. Home Alone. Yeah. Okay, great Christmas movie. Yeah. Yes. Okay, perfect. So, and great great everything about When that movie. I was young, I used to think that their house was like how all people in the suburbs lived, and I didn't realize that they were like low-key rich. Yeah. That was a wealthy suburb for sure. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Because um, especially they had all those fucking kids and they were taking them all to Paris. I just thought that's how people like yeah. in the suburbs lived. That I was is, a city kid. Like I didn't understand. I thought everyone who lived in the suburbs, they lived in a house. Everybody was rich. I would rate way, 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 way rather go to a Christmas wedding than a whole ass family uprooting to go to Paris. No. With 20 people. No. What were they thinking? I don't know. No wonder Kevin got left at home. Yeah. Okay, so acting on a scale of one to five, where do you put this acting? 
Uh, you know, there were solid performances. There were some really solid performances, but then there were some really abysmal performances too. One being bad, five being good. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a three for me. Yeah, it's a solid three. Believability of the world and characters, Ugh, five. Like, you thought they were really believable? I thought they were the least believable people. Okay. I would never imagine that these people are real, that they function in the world. Yeah, that's a total that five. A, a, that a version of the world exists in which the rules that these people were playing by are acceptable and normal. This is the fourth time I'm doing this and I still need an explanation. It's okay. Um, Creative use of words to avoid censorship. I mean, I would say that this is a pretty good one in terms of just like, we didn't really get a lot of outward stuff, but we got a lot of like, that sounds like a... um, A Wacky tobacky. Well, we got wacky tobacky, but like there was lame jokes like, oh my God, um, oh my God, uh, a leaky dream boat. Oh, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's their idea of, like, coy, clever shit. That's pretty embarrassing to me. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, we're going to go for some like it hot. I feel like this is a four. (laughs) Like, this is just bad. And dialogue is a five, too. Sorry. I'm giving a four to... Uh, uses uh, censorship and a five to dialogue. Wardrobe is another five for me. It was bad. All of it was bad. Hair and makeup is another five for me. Wardrobe is another five for me. Oh, uh, music is another five for me. I'm just doing fives. <laughs> Sorry, crying. We didn't really get great crying. We got, we got good two. crying from the mom, and I'm going to give it a one because the mom did a good job with her I cry. thought Joanna Garcia did a good job. When was her cry? Oh, she, she got was, the single When she tear. was about to... No, she was like really crying when oh. Dylan was like trying to like... Let's give it a one. Yeah. They need the No, help. no, no. I'm fine It's with the one, yeah. But um, I don't think the mom cried. Is one. Victimization of the female character. I mean, the only person I felt bad for was Rose. I feel like th- that, like they, that everyone in this movie's fucked. That they're the only really victim here is Rose yeah. and Jack. Honestly, yeah, I would agree with that. I don't know. It's like a two. Yeah, it's not offensive. Failure and or refusal to jump to logical conclusion. Oh my god! Five, five. Drop plot lines. It's like a three. There was a few things. That I was like, can we get a little bit more clarification? Yeah, like, yeah. Where the fuck did Tish land? Like, was she indefinitely living, like... And they were flirting at the end. She was flirting with Charlie. Yeah, like, end. what happened with Charlie? Yeah, she and Charlie were linked up at the wedding. And then the font is that... T- I mean, the font's a five. The font <laughs> is that... I mean, this is the worst font we've ever had on a movie. It is, like, embroidery This might be the, might be the, the one to beat this season. Because this is a lot. Sammy, where are we? Wait, what was Three. 43. That's a lot. Are you sure that's it? Wow. 43, baby. Last season's number one was a 55. And okay. the, spa- the gap between the 55, though, was like the other one. What was the 55? What was the one? Um, another woman's husband. Okay. And that was me and Ronnie. And I think we just threw fives at basically almost everything. <laughs> um, but Christina, that was great. Thank you so much for doing this. You guys, Thank you for having me I again. hope you enjoyed the Christmas cheer that I think you requested. You guys asked me a lot to do Hallmark movies. I don't do Hallmark movies. Someone else does on the Patreon though. But I'm glad that if, if I was going to do this with anyone, I'm glad I did it with you. Yeah. My mom would not like this movie. I don't think. No, I don't think so. Diana's yeah. not a silly woman. No. Um, this was, uh, I'm surprised my computer battery lasts. I'm going to say that. That's another little aside. I liked this movie. Thought it was good. Really? No. Oh. I mean, I did at times. I cried. I will say this is the one I like admittedly uh, underprepared for. I only watched it once before coming here. Usually I watched it like a good two, three times. 
I wish that I was able to spend, I watched it three times, but I wish that I had been able to spend more time like really dissecting what was, what bothered me about the wardrobe so much. I mean, the hair and makeup was really bad. And anyone who lays eyes on this movie will see that pretty much everyone, <laughs> even, um, Joanna Garcia, she is beautiful. And she looks like a little like deer yeah. in a lot of things, but she has this same kind of newscaster hair throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and her mom is really lovely, but everyone else is just like, I, I was realizing they hadn't quite <laughs> your face. They just like went to town. <laughs> hair and makeup were like, can we do enough? No, I, I feel like they were. This was a point in time where they were perfecting the look that they have the standard TV look now, mm. which is straight. With some curl. Hollywood curls. Yes. Yeah. Um, which you see like on Grey's Anatomy. Every actress on Grey's Anatomy has that now. Like, and it just Like Jessica Simpson it just took hadn't that off. Got yeah. it. it just hadn't gotten there yet. Hollywood hair. Yeah. Every bitch in Hollywood's got that hair. You know what I mean? Yep. All right. Well, let's get out of here. I want to see if they have Hershey Kisses at this store. And um, I had fun with you guys. And... <laughs> Let's hang out next week. Sorry, this might have been the movie I hated the most out of all the movies we've ever done for this entire podcast. Yeah, I I was uninspired this week, and I apologize for that. You guys, this (laughs) this is really hard. It was really hard because, like, normally. I hope they enjoyed this. I hope you got... We bleed for you. I know. No. Uh, no. <laughs> but I apologize if this wasn't the best content yeah, because sorry. this was like a little. We're reaching. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to season four of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.